Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael, and I'm Chris. That's right. We're getting uh, we're getting that done right early this time for a couple reasons. Instead of forty um, minutes in, <laughs> right? Well, you know, hey, we're we're we're, we're loosey goosey around here sure. on the end of time cast. You know, there's no no standard format. I wonder if that's a record. But I will for say. Us. Maybe latest intro. I don't even. Yeah, it might be. It might be. So yeah. Uh, also, because audience, there's a very, very important message uh, regarding the end of time casts. Period. But that's going to be toward the end of the episode. So definitely wanted to get into the meat of the show, and then we can have the we can have the podcast stuff at the at the tail end. That being said, before we go anywhere, very important question, Chris, because it's been a week. I feel like it's been a week and a half now. I have not seen Far From have Home. You s- wow. Whole episode it's- ruined. Ruined. All right. So here's here's how I work. Now, Infinity War and Endgame Aside. I haven't felt that, you know, burning desire to actually go to the movie theater to watch any of the MCU movies. I've watched all of them on Netflix, uh, Amazon, or uh, just cable. Those are the only two I've actually seen in theater. So it's very unusual for me to see a movie when it comes out like that, especially now. I. I'm lazy. I work from home, mm-hmm. so I don't get out a lot anyway. And I don't know. Um, I will tell you, though, and I, I meant to watch it before today's recording, but I got sidetracked with game stuff. But I do have... Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, what was the last movie before Endgame? Captain Marvel? Yes, I have Captain Marvel uh, rented from Google right now. So I can watch it uh, soon. Yeah. Since I missed I, that one. I really feel you're going to enjoy Spider-Man considerably more. But, uh, you know, hey, you're going to want to watch them all anyway. So, Well, Captain Marvel cost me nothing. <laughs> it was a free credit from Google for something or another. So I was like, hey, what do they have? And on their front screen it was like the first or second option so i was like all right yeah the one mc movie i think i'm missing so chris i've ran all these excuses through my excuse database uh-huh. and um <laughs> yeah man it's turning up it's turning up it's turning up i don't give a fuck it's turning up <laughs> now not buying this bullshit so i figured Damn, I was really hoping to have like an hour-long discussion today on this damn thing. All right, folks, this is going to be about an hour and a half episode, so strap in. This is going to be a quick one. Uh, (laughs) No, that's fine, man. Get around to it when you get around to it. I've got lots of things to say about it, um, but it's it's entertaining. You should enjoy it when you do finally see it. So, since the the bulk of the shows kicked off the off the cliff. Uh, I guess let's just fucking get into news. I remember last week's episode, we didn't really have a whole lot. It's right. not really our fault. 
I mean, I'm sure if we hunted enough and scrambled enough and we're trying to be a channel that we are not sure. or a podcast that we're not, we could have made some shit. But eh, last week there wasn't really a whole lot. Uh, I, across my other podcasts that I listen to and even scouring the news a little bit, I mean, I found a few things, but mm. kind of the same thing, man. We're in, we're in kind of a lull right now. I feel that both in and out of the news. So, yeah, what about you? Did you find anything that, uh, any any stuff you wanted to talk about? Well, I threw up three articles that I uh, thought right. were discussion worthy today. Uh, would you like mm-hmm. to start with mm-hmm. the bigger, small side of things? Uh, I don't have my coin right here <laughs> in front of me. Oh, man. So behind the camera, real life shit. Uh, I brought this up before that an interesting facet of my marriage is that my wife doesn't like to make decisions. She's, she doesn't make decisions and everything (laughs) usually falls to me, which is fine. I mean, however you see that, you know, whether you see that as old school and however you see it, she prefers me to make decisions and that's fine. Totally fine by me. But what she has learned over time is that when it comes to decisions time for me i usually just flip a coin so unless it's something that i specifically want to just drill down onto and go all right no i'm just saying we're gonna do this usually i flip a coin Mm -hmm. and i actually i've gone through i've gone through a variety of coins over my time i used to have just a standard 50 cent piece for the longest time i had bought i had bought a We'll say, I might always call it fake. It was a fake doubles headed coin mm-hmm. because I've always had this fascination with um, Two Face from the comics. Sure. Specifically, Two, Two Face from the Batman animated series. And if I, I should pull an image up, but for obvious reasons, I'm not fucking opening Firefox right now. <laughs> I'm not opening anything on this computer. Um, remind me to tell the audience that horror story from last week. But if I remember correctly, in the Batman animated TV series, Two-Face also had a two-sided coin, but it was, or a a double-headed coin, we'll put it that way, but he had used a knife or something and had scratched all yes. over one of the heads. That way it still had it still had a heads or eight tails. And I love that. And I had a two a double headed coin like that for the longest time. And I did the same thing. Nice. Uh, believe it or not, it's uh it's it's kinda hard to cut into a fucking metal coin, mm-hmm. fake or not. I actually used a old uh, a, a very old steak knife that I tossed away afterward, and it worked. <laughs> but the problem with the problem with buying a fake coin, unless it is done properly, they so like the one that I had. Apparently, they took a regular half dollar and had basically cut out. They had not hollowed out all the way, but. Okay, imagine you're looking at a coin. Mm-hmm. Now take that coin and flip it to where it's like it's all you see is the flat edge. Cut that coin in half, but leave the outer like jagged edge on it. And then take another coin. <laughs> I'm describing the fucking head of the, the the making of this coin. But I didn't know how this thing was done until I saw until this thing broke on me. 
they took another double-headed coin, or they took another 50-cent piece and cut that head out, but they cut just that sliver, that head out, and basically very crappily like welded it or glued it or some mm-hmm. shit together. Well, enough times that coin hits the floor, concrete, steel, whatever. That uh, Basically, I flipped it one day, and one of the heads just popped off. I was like, <laughs> oh, well, fucking great. This time it's both. Yep. <laughs> and buying an actual genuine double-headed coin is way more expensive than I want to spend. So the latest coin that I have, what I've had for, uh, let's say about a year, year and a half now, is a Mega Man 25th anniversary coin, which I bought two. There's one sitting on my shelf, and there's one that I carry around with me every day. And... I mean, I'm not a big like collector guy, but I am a big. Mm-hmm. I'm a very big Mega Man guy, so I made sure to buy one and stick it somewhere. And yeah, so when Chris asks me, uh, "Do I want to try big news or little news?" I usually would flip a coin, but I don't have it in front of me, so I'll I'll play the big guy and say, mm, "Let's go with the little news. Let's go with the little one." Okay. Um. So. There, of course, this is kind of goes back to the whole uh, e- uh, Epic Store whole exclusivity, exclusivity, exclusive, that word. Um, Ex- exclusivity, you had it, yeah. you got it. Um, and we had mentioned before when we talked about probably during the uh, E3 and I think before when it was first brought up, but Shimu 3 is going to be a exclusive on the uh, mm-hmm. Epic Store for a year. Yep. And all these people supported the game on Kickstarter. So mm-hmm. and I think we even talked about this, people being upset about it. Um, oh, yeah, well, Un- understandably. They're now offering refunds to the backers yep. that do not want the Epic copy or to wait for a year. Mm-hmm. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that's, that's the way to handle it. Yeah, I mean you have a large fan base, um, and I say large on the scale of enough people shook the cage to make this game happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, I don't, <laughs> I don't follow or buy into the logic of only putting it on, you know, the Epic Store exclusively. Yeah. Period, but. Somebody made that decision, and you kind of have to figure that was brought up in mm-hmm. a meeting somewhere. Like, hey, what are the fans going to think of this? You know, and I, I wonder if there was an amount of, well, imagine how much money we're going to make, as opposed to, well, this is kind of sort of dicking over a lot of people. So... On the one hand, I feel it's kind of a shitty move to the fan. Because, again, this is not just, and I'm only using this for scale. This is not a call of duty where, yeah, a lot of people are getting pissed off. But there are so many quadrillions of Call of Duty fans that it kind of doesn't really matter. Sure. This is somewhat of a large, a larger, small core audience of hardcore dedicated fans that you're kind of 
you know, waving the hand in front of. Ah. Yeah. So glad that the refund came around. That's that's it's a, it's definitely, like you said, it's the right way to handle it. It's a good way to handle it. Yep. It's good good PR. Yeah, the whole Epic Store we've talked about before, I'm sure we'll talk about after this. You know, it's not going to go away as a topic until, I guess... Probably never because it's never going to end. I mean, look at the consoles. Mm-hmm. Console exclusives haven't yep. ended, so it would be unreasonable to expect this to end just because they're both PC platforms, you know? Uh, yep. I say yep. both. It and Steam is what I'm comparing. And then I really can't say both because then I, I have to include, you know, you play uh, Battle.net, <laughs> all these other platforms. Discord has sets games on it. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to go away. So until people essentially get over it or the, I think, okay, here's where I think the discussion will die down is when the Epic launcher improves towards actually comparable yeah. to Steam. I think that will be the point. And I'm sure it'll be one for one. There'll always be people unhappy, but the broad discussion will probably die down when they get a better launcher. Because that's mainly a lot of people's yeah. complaints. They're like, even if, you know, I'm willing to accept not playing a game on Steam because, hey, I already am. I want to do it on a launcher that's actually good. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Steam Steam is, I mean, Steam is a great front for many reasons. The launcher is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's nice to have that library system set up like that. Uh, Steam is also pretty good at having the controller support that it has. I mean, there's a Steam has been doing this shit for a while. I oh, mean, yeah. it's great to look at it as competition, but you can also look at it and pick what you want to either improve or pick what you want to pull from. I'm okay with that, but I I have I have nothing for the Epic Store, so there's nothing yeah. drawing me in so far. What what I already have it all on Steam. And God, man, I feel like that's going to have more and more. See, this is this is this is the crazy age that we live in. Mm-hmm. Let me let me get my sixty-seven-year-old man hat on. <laughs> we used to live in an era. Chris, me, and Chris could open up a Game Pro magazine from like I don't know nineteen ninety-three, and it would show a game like I don't know. I'm making up time frames here, folks. So fuck me if I'm wrong. Mortal Kombat two. There'd be an article in Game Pro for Mortal Kombat 2. And me and Chris would be like, wow, cool, Mortal Kombat, right? Cool, as we're eating fucking airheads and drinking Bark's Root Beer. And the picture that would depict the game would show, like, the cartridges. And there was a Mortal Kombat 2 coming for the Sega Game Gear, the Nintendo Game Boy, the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, and probably two or three other things that I'm not even remembering. Used to be shit came out together. And then exclusivity got really huge, and it was especially when PlayStation rolled around, mm-hmm. and it was everybody fighting to get whatever license they could to get every, whatever game they wanted on 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 their console, and that started to kind of go away. It, it today it doesn't seem as large as it used to be, especially when you can look at like when you can look at the PlayStation Four, you look you can look at the Xbox One, and their exclusives are like in the twenties and thirties, not you know, not 120. So we're living in an age where it's slowly, I mean, you can play fucking Sonic games on Nintendo. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. 
you there there are characters from other consoles coming into Smash Brothers. It's just this this age of of it's it's getting to the point now where you're looking at E3 or at the Game Awards or any game announcement venue and going, I wonder what thing is going to surprise us by being in another console's random thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that that merging is happening. It's slow. And yes, exclusives still exist. I'm not saying the I'm not saying the battle isn't there. I'm saying it just to me it doesn't feel like the war is there. I don't see these two or three entities fighting. I see them getting up and and selling their selling their own thing. Now we have the Epic Store coming out and it's like, "Great, here's another fucking thing that's trying to do its own thing." Well, we have exclusives. Well, fuck. <laughs> I thought I was in a good place being on PC because I have Steam and Steam <laughs> I can I can pretty much do everything I want on Steam right. whether I bought it from Steam or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah. Sorry. I've I've taken the 67-year-old man hat off now. All right. Uh Well, there's also Stadia. Um there's also that thing. Have you heard much news about Stadia lately? Not since the last uh, pre-E3 thing. I imagine it'll be pretty quiet so, until release now. Yeah, I I should have the details down because uh, Castle Superbeats talked about it. They're not the recent episode of this recording, but la- the last episode. And if I'm understanding correctly... From what they said, and I, I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but it seems though one of the selling points for for Stadia was that you could basically pay a subscription fee to Stadia, and whatever games they have on Stadia, you will have access to. I maybe I misunderstood that. There, maybe maybe I'm, I'm. There are the different tiers of uh, yeah. Thing. Let me I'm yeah, because, back my notes. <laughs> yeah, because the end result that I'm hearing now is that nah, you want that game, so you gotta it's 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 almost like having Xbox Live all over again. You gotta pay for the subscription fee, and you want a game, you gotta pay full price. So that seemed to be what what they were ranting and raving about. The Stadia Pro is nine ninety nine a month, and it will come with some games, and then you can purchase others. Um, mm-hmm. but there is a base edition, which is free, but you have to pay for all the games you play. So it's basically just another platform that doesn't cost anything yeah. extra. Um, but it doesn't have the, uh, you know, player steam games on stadia. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. that what there was, what was it? Uh, it was during one of the announcements. I'd have to go back to my notes. Basically, someone said that their content, something they were doing was going to be on Stadia. Ah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. And, and I mean, honestly, as aside from a talking point between us, mm-hmm. I still don't really have an interest in Stadia anyway. I was just, I thought that I was, I was trying to, get the details of what they were talking about because that it's that that seems like it would sap a lot of interest 
you know, site like, well, so it literally is just a place to have, you know, to stream your games. Ah, whatever. I don't really give a fuck about Stadia anyway. <laughs> uh, so, um, because I know there's a couple more things you want to talk mm-hmm. about. I'll throw in a random news thing in here. Oh, oh okay. I, I, I went to this one. I was kind of going to save this one for last, but ah, fuck it. We'll roll into it. I pulled this one from uh, Games Radar, but I mean, like any other news article, this is thing, this thing was all over the place. It just happens to be where I've seen it at. Uh, Mortal Kombat movie writer confirms it is R-rated, and it will include fatalities for the first time ever on the big screen. Man, I am getting really fucking pumped about this Mortal Kombat movie. I really am. Yeah. With a combination of just... Fucking look at Mortal Kombat 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Look at what the actual game, look at what the actual fucking game is doing. And in in regards to a movie, look at the cinematics and the storytelling that Mortal Kombat 10 and 11 is doing. Yeah, it's got some hokey parts in it. Yeah, it's got some maybe cheesy parts in it. But the bulk of this stuff, it, you can watch the Mortal Kombat 10 or Mortal Kombat 11 movie you know, on YouTube and it's fucking good. It's, it's good. And if the idea is they're looking at that as a basis for the movie, that's fucking awesome. Cap that off with, Oh, by the way, this shit is rated R. You remember back in the day when you didn't see fatalities so much, you saw some kind of killings, but the cameras cut away or whatever. No, this is going to be a mortal combat movie. This is think this is like this is like Deadpool. You know, it's like you're looking at a Mortal Kombat movie and going, uh, you I guess you can make that PG-13, but you probably shouldn't. And the Deadpool came out and said, "Fuck no, this is an R-rated movie." Oh, thank God. All right. We're in good hands. Same thing here. And that's that's good, man. I don't uh, I haven't studied the Mortal Kombat movie enough to know of like release dates or any plot details any of that i'm gonna wait and let that thing show up and we'll we'll see how it's how it how it's handled now this is also not a saving grace for me that that i don't think this is not going to be the infinity war of video game movies like it's just not going to i am excited for this because of all the video game movies out there currently this the original Mortal Kombat is arguably it's it probably is my favorite video game movie, not because it is the most video game rep like the Mortal Kombat movie from the nineties. Chris almost makes me a hypocrite. It really mm-hmm. does because my penchant argument for all these game movies is that they don't take the fucking story seriously and they don't get the story right. Well, I, I mean, I I have a surface level understanding of the Mortal Kombat story but I don't believe that the movie followed it that well at all other than I mean, we're holding a Mortal Kombat tournament it had, yeah. it had some things you know bits and pieces yeah like I don't know if the you know the okay so in the movie Raiden tells the the warriors that you know that uh, Shang uh, Shokan's been fighting for uh, or, or Shang Tsung's been trying to win the tournament for 10 straight uh, dec- centuries or whatever. He's won nine. So if he wins this one, that's it. Uh, I don't know if that's strictly from the game or not. I, I never d- delve dove that, that far into it. But I'm also not 
be- because I am a surface level Mortal Kombat fan, I am not the lore guy. Mm-hmm. You can come to me and ask me how a a, a Final Fantasy VI movie should be written and directed. I will tell you. You can go to Chris and he can tell you how a Lunar movie should be written and developed. Mortal Kombat, I'm not I'm not the expert. What I do know about the Mortal Kombat movie is that it was fun. Yeah, for me, it was entertaining. It done. It did. It had those moments. You know, when you saw Scorpion and and Sub Zero show up. I mean, yeah. Why were they directly by each other and not at at each other's throats? But Mm -hmm. they were there, and it was cool to see them in costume. It was cool to see fucking Raiden show up and like teleport through lightning. It was. Pretty cool to see Liu Kang do a bicycle kick all over fucking Reptile's chest. <laughs> and then later have the, have that same like fuck yeah moment just trampled on when he goes to throw a quote unquote fireball into Shang Tsung. But it's more like he just pushes his hands into Shang Tsung and you see like kind of a flash. Yeah. The special effects... And the fatalities and the not being rated R. There are a lot of things that this movie did wrong. Yeah. I can't speak. I can't speak on if the if the if the movie was a story flop or not because I'm not a hundred percent vested into it. But the movie itself, as a video game movie, ah, eh, it did it, it did fine and it was entertaining for me. This new movie, hopefully, is going to be completely different. It's going to be no. We're delving in. I don't know if it's going to be a rewrite. I don't know if they're if it's a remake. If they're just retelling the story because if if I'm not mistaken, Mortal Kombat 10 and 11. That's basically what they've been doing. They've been kind of reworking the story, and it's it's not done in a shitty way. It's done very well. So if this movie is going to be anything like that style of telling and that level of seriousness, I'm all about it. I have I. Have big hopes for it you can't go wrong when they put when they have put Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 11 as a new unlockable character and they picked the fucking actor from Mortal Kombat the movie to play Shang Tsung I mean this Mm -hmm. these guys got it like they've got they've got it going and it's awesome I really don't know what happened to Killer Instinct uh, because that was such a big thing back in I don't know, 14, 15, 16, whatever it was. But I I, I kind of wish the same thing for them. You know, I wish they would have a resurgence or something. And that's not saying that Killer Instinct was bad at all. It's totally not. Dude, you had fucking Mick Gordon making the soundtrack. You know, all, Almost all the classic characters have come back, plus a bunch of new good characters. So they as well got it. Mortal Kombat has got it. Uh, and it's just, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Being, being a fighting game fan. (laughs) Yeah. I, I've always been a fan from afar, man. Always have. Uh, what about you? Uh, What's another news thing that you got? Well, on the same kind of topic, there's a new Netflix original series that's in the works. Okay, uh, let me let me let me let me take a stab and see if I can guess, because I don't. I know the Witcher thing's coming. I know that. Um, was it? Is it Halo? It's animated. Halo? I'll give you that hint. Oh, it's animated. Is it based off a video game? Yes. 
Oh man! Oh man! There was and a, for the audience a behind the scenes. This means Michael did not read the Discord where I post my news articles. No, I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm, I think I did. See, the thing is, okay, hold on. Let's, let's not throw Michael completely under the bus. I probably <laughs> saw it, but saw the thing and didn't like read the article because usually I just kind of skim the the, uh-huh. the the topics. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> oh man, I feel like this was just talked about recently too at my work by someone. It's a. Oh wait, wait, wait! It's I'm almost there. I'm almost there. They chose to do an animated version of this video game as as the show. Oh man! Oh my god! It's not Pokemon. It's not Sonic. Oh, this is, when you say it, I'm gonna be so pissed off because it's right there. It's like, it's like it 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 keeps touching my brain and backing off. Oh man, man, man! All right, fuck it. We get, can't be wasting time just thinking. What wow. is it? Cuphead. Oh God! They were just talking about that. On my ride home today, they were <laughs> Castle Super Beast was talking about that. Well, okay, in the episode, that's where I was. They were talking about it. Okay. Man, so yeah, there it's it's gonna be animated. Uh, I don't know. Same style as the game, they say. Wow, awesome. which uh, yeah, that's it's amazing because that game is. I mean, it's such a work of art. The decision yeah. to go with that style pulling it off like they did as well i mean yeah i'm all for it now it's it's a tv series netflix it's gonna be on or yeah it's a series it's gonna be on netflix right have you heard any details if is there gonna be voice acting is it just gonna be storyboards and text across the screen like ye old movies in the 20s or what are they doing uh or do you know you know, I don't actually know. Let me look and see if this uh, other article has any details on it. Because basically yeah, the because only thing this one says is that it will be more of a adult uh, series. Yeah. I'll tell you now, I, I if they made this like genuine old school cartoon style, the like the way that it's the... The type of 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 animation that it was based off of, the type of movies I guess it was based off of from back in the day, I would a hundred percent be down with this thing being a silent series, and having you know you could just you can hear the fucking piano music and something happening, and then it shows the fucking text on the screen like, uh, oh no, Cuphead's in a in a in a pickle, you know it's oh I. I love. I would love that. I don't need to hear them talk. I don't need to hear voices. Uh, if anything, just hearing the sound effects like the game offered that the voices where they'd be just like, ah, just making, just making sound effects with their mouth. I'm, I'm cool with that. Hope against hope, anyway. Yeah, it looks like they don't have enough details on it right now to go into that. It's, it's brand new. It's fine. It's fine. We'll have the Witcher to tide us over, I suppose. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So one. Oh shit! Apparently, I pulled up through three separate articles just for me to read on my own. <laughs> Nothing really news related. Uh. So all right. I guess I'll talk about this thing. Uh. I don't know if this thing got announced in a Nintendo Direct, Chris. 
Because if there was a recent Nintendo Direct, I did not see it. I actually haven't even looked for it, so that's how bad I've been lately. But I saw this yellow switch-looking device start passing through my mm-hmm. my, my Facebook third feed. article. <laughs> well, good. And uh, I said, okay, so Switch is making... It, it, it honestly took about three passes of seeing this picture for me to finally stop and look at it to go, wait, something's off here. Uh, so, yeah, I saw this yellow switch and i said okay they're making a yellow colored switch i mean this could be multiple things they just want to make a yellow color for i don't know some reason maybe this is going to be maybe they're calling back to the old game boy color days where they're making multiple colors and for whatever reason they chose to pick yellow first maybe this is Donkey Kong themed, like a banana color. I don't fucking know. But after the third picture that scrolled through, I was like, okay, what is this thing? Why they keep showing it? And wait a minute. This does look off. And then I actually pulled the picture up and was like, the the Joy-Cons aren't... They're not Joy-Cons. They're like... What the fuck is this thing? And then I looked, and yeah, there is a Nintendo Switch Lite yep. coming from nintendo yeah this is uh i mean man this is basically the 2ds all over again you know they're taking the they're taking the uh docking aspect out of the Mm -hmm. nintendo switch and it will be a noticeably smaller but not horribly smaller solely portable nintendo switch so yeah. yeah, Chris, your thoughts, man. So we talked about the rumors. Uh, they were all but confirmed rumors uh, not too long ago about two new versions versions of the Switch that were going to come out. One was a weaker version, and one was a stronger version, aka you know like a a pro version, which we haven't seen yet. But the rumor was we wouldn't see that until next year, but we would see this this year, and as you see. We are. Uh, yep. Nintendo Switch Lite. It, and as we talked about, here we go into this transition from 3DS from purely handheld to console hybrid. Um, yep. It's now there are things about the. Uh, well, I'm trying to think 3DS. I don't know that there's anything aside from like the 3D aspect to it that would be missing because. My first thought was, well, touchscreen, but I mean, it's just touchscreen. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, capabilities aside in that comparison, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we've hit, we've hit that point and I, and it's only 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. So same, similar pricing as the uh, 3DS, I think. Uh, yeah. But. Yeah. Not much cheaper than a regular, you know, Switch. Only hundred bucks cheaper. I mean, I say only a hundred, but that's you know a third of the price off. Uh, yeah. But I've actually seen uh, a lot of people, particularly on like Twitch, while listening to it come up and or reading it come up in Twitch chat, who are like, "Why bother? This is so worthless." Obviously, none of these people have kids <laughs> who they have yeah. to worry about destroying <laughs> a console if they allow it to be used portably. Yep. It's like, you, yep. you don't get it. This is not 
for the average, you know, gamer that's on Twitch, um, or even who'd be browsing the articles to see most of this stuff anyway. This is for mm-hmm. parents like myself who are like, okay, yeah, I'll buy one for each kid, you know, uh, so that I don't have to worry about the main switch getting broken. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, we saw it coming. So it's not like it's a huge surprise. Uh, as far as how right. it, how the news got out there, the, as far as I'm aware, there was not a direct. I actually first saw it when someone tweeted out a link to a Nintendo UK uh, YouTube channel. Hmm. And then later it popped up on the main Nintendo uh, English channel. I say English. I think the main Nintendo channel is both. I might be thinking of Square Enix. Anyway, they went on the main Nintendo channel. Uh, it showed up later as well. I don't know how much of a time difference I didn't actually look, but yeah, it was a video showing it, uh, basically describing it, uh, you know, being portable, Joy-Cons being attached. Uh, the screen does shrink down quite a bit. I was surprised at how much of a difference there was. Uh, mm. Let me see if this article that I put the link for has the size yeah so the regular switch has a 6.2 inch screen and the light is 5.5 so i guess not as much i thought the regular one was bigger than 6.2 but yeah 0.7 at that point is still quite a bit i think um but i guess it makes sense there's probably a size they were trying to meet the uh boundary of Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they were going for large phone or, you know, phablet uh, size, something like that, maybe, to kind of compare to uh, if you're already carrying around a tablet, here you go. Yeah. And the Switch Lite is the same size and plays all your favorite games. I th- Yeah, it's... I, go ahead, go ahead. I think one of the biggest appeals overall, just as a gamer to me, not just as a parent, you know, for this is this also gives us a platform unification when it comes to Nintendo. No longer is it, well, this game is on DS or 3DS, and this is on, you know, console. Now it's, okay, well, hey, I want to go play Breath of the Wild. I can play it on my handheld, or I can play it on the console because they're the same thing. They're just different versions of the console. Um, Mm -hmm. That's probably my favorite thing about this. I really like that platform, uh, being platform agnostic, essentially. In a way, yeah. it's it's odd using that term because it's not different platforms. They just have different purposes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's an odd way to articulate. Yeah. And it, this is you know, like you said, man. This is standard fare for Nintendo at this point. This is something that's it's just going to be expected. And we're not really saying much anyway because this is not just a Nintendo thing. Almost every console has this. We'll release something, and we're either going to release either a new updated version of that console or a mm-hmm. smaller, more affordable, what have you version, or hell, maybe even both. So, I mean, we just got the is, Xbox One digital only edition. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, I, I'll tell you, I don't have the details in front of me. I'm probably going to butcher this horribly, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know, Chris, I've ever told you the story of the fastest uh, return of a Wii U I ever, or a Wii that I ever made in my life. I <laughs> So I had a Wii 
years ago. Uh-huh. This is back in like 1974 or something. And the Wii, I, th- I think it died or something. I th- I'm pretty sure it died. Um, I definitely have not had more Wiis in my life than I had uh, Xbox 360s. I'll promise you that. I think I had maybe seven total of 360s in my fucking life. But anyway, my, my, my Wii went down. Uh, my Wii broke. I don't remember if it was like a red red flash of death. Regardless, down it went. Had to go, wanted to go buy another one. I don't remember if I, I may have been working on something. It may have been in the in the middle of me working on Mario Galaxy 1 or 2 because I fucking love those games. Galaxy games are so awesome. But I had it, I had the intent of going to buy another Wii. And I don't think it was necessarily that Wiis were hard to come by. It was that I don't really know the reason why, but I went to. Why was this? I think I bought. I remember buying this 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 thing at a Walmart for some reason, and I don't remember. I can't recall if it's because like, God, there's like five Game Stops near me, so I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like I couldn't find one I wanted or what. But anyway, I bought this Wii from Walmart, and it was. God, I'm so scared to open up Firefox and look at it. So fuck me if I got these details wrong. It was like a it was like a Wii Mini or like a family edition of the Wii or a compact edition of the Wii or something. It was a red uh console and it had a flip top instead of just inserting a disc. And basically reading it from the box and doing like a really quick Google search in the middle of Walmart, it was basically a compact Wii. It was a smaller Wii, and I was like, uh, for whatever for whatever the fucking reason, I I bought that console and took it home. Got it home, and oh man, what a piece of garbage this was! It had <laughs> it had no way to connect to the internet. No Ethernet port and no wireless compatibility. Just, just okay. did not connect to the internet. So if your game needed an update or you wanted to do any of that stuff, couldn't happen. Also meant that I, 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 uh, I don't think it had any extra ports like USBs or anything. So I don't believe there was a way to import your saves over. I think that was also an issue. Um... There was, I, I, I want to say there was a compatibility issue with maybe controllers or something. I don't, rec- I don't recall all the specifics. Uh, audience, feel free to look this thing up on your own and just take a peek at it. Look at everything that it says it offers compared to like a standard Wii. And it, it, it just, it fucking neuters and a standard Wii. I took that thing back the next day. I can't remember the last time before that I had ever taken anything back to Walmart for any reason, but I loaded that shit back up and grabbed my fucking receipt and made a special trip back to Walmart. And I was like, take this back. <laughs> I will. And it was a, it was a, it was a decent price too. It was like 80 or 90 bucks. Uh, so it was, I feel like it was that cheap anyway. So that also should have gave something away. I don't know. Who that console was designed for? I feel like it was engineered for a specific type of family situation, but 
Mm-hmm. For me, a, um, a, a somewhat hardcore Nintendo guy that already had a bunch of Nintendo saves and a bunch of games and, and had all these extra things that I needed. Yeah, this this. Oh, I think it also couldn't have. So it didn't have Internet. It didn't have USBs. I think it also could not have the memory card. Like you couldn't put a SSD or a uh, like a uh, whatever the small memory card. There was no. There was just no way. I don't think there was even a way to save your data. I think that was another thing. It's just the more that I kept finding out over the course of the hour or so as I was setting this thing up, I realized I did not want this thing in my house. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. I don't think I've ever had a console issue like that. Most of the time it's just been a smaller version. Uh, actually, in the recorded history for me, Unless it was a a console went down and I needed to buy another one, I don't think I've had too many like compact things. I always wanted the alternate version of the Nintendo when I was a kid. The idea of popping that cartridge down from the top, I always thought was cool. The design looked cool, but I mean, my Nintendo lasted. My I still have my Nintendo, so I never had to buy another one. Same thing for the sure. Super Nintendo. I I I like the little the 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 different. It's not the mini, not the mini, but the other version of Super Nintendo that came out a few years after yeah, the original I know what version. About, yeah, yeah, it looked cool, and I'd like and this. This is just a repeat trend for me throughout history. PlayStation did it. PlayStation Two did it. So on and so forth. Uh, I think I may have bought a smaller version of a. Of a 360, only because I was tired of spending $300 after $300 after $300 after having friends give me one, after having friends donate me one, after having friends pitched in money to buy me another one. God, the 360 was... What a fucking headache that was, man. Hey, guys, I can't play. Why? My console is dead. Again. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, hopefully Nintendo's got it's well. I I don't I've, I personally never had a problem like that with Nintendo, but this this is this Nintendo Switch Lite is made for a, a perfect audience, and it should it should find a good home. And it's also funny hearing the naysayers about this thing. Like you said, the articles mm. that I or the the topics that I read was look, Nintendo finally admits it. Uh, the whole docking thing was a big gimmick. You know, having the Joy Cons was a gimmick. I was like, nah, they're just they're just leaving them attached and making a unit because that's cheaper to produce. Yeah, and the only change it's, to the Joy Con is they're uh, connecting the D pad. Yeah, and that's because yeah. it doesn't need to so. function as you know A B X Y anymore, so they don't need to be separated. You have a dedicated D pad, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. Sickle beans. Oh man, Chris. So some behind stuff for you and the audience. So on my dual screen setup, uh, b- because I have nothing on right now, my other TV has just the wallpapers that that scroll. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess I should explain that. So I have thousands of video game pictures and screenshots and all kind of shit from my wallpapers and i have the shuffle thing on so every 
I think five minutes, both of the wallpapers on both of my screens right and randomly rotate. And the one that's on my other screen now is a fucking awesome screenshot of Shredder from the Ninja Turtles movie from the 90s. Oh, <laughs> such a good show. I fucking love that movie, man. I really do. I really do. Uh, well, anyway, uh, any other news things? No, that was, those are the three for me. Yeah, that's about it. I feel like there may have been some other little things here and there, but yeah, nothing that sticks out. Nothing that's uh, nothing that's similar. Oh, and I, I guess it's worth All mentioning right. before we completely move on that the uh, Switch Lite comes out in September, but there is also going to be a uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield version November 9th, I think it is, whenever that launches, so. Oh, Throw out there to for the sake of completion. I know we've talked about the Pokemon Sword and Shield, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you, I don't you have to, you don't have to like scale or anything. But how how anticipate? How, are you anticipating this Pokemon Sword and Shield? Are you interested in it at all? Like, what's absolutely? What's, where's your desire right now? Yeah, this this is the first true Pokemon game on console, the mainline game on a console. And for that alone, it's worth looking forward to it. But with all the progression they've made in the you know over the generations of Pokemon, Sword and Shield are just going to expand on that. And then giving it the power of the Switch. Not that the 3DS was a slouch, especially for a handheld. Uh, mm-hmm. Putting on the Switch, they can do so much with it. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing just how far they are going to take it. Uh, being on console and having that uh, power. Yeah. And you you got to forgive me. I think all three main podcasts I listened to all talked about this. So if we talked about mm-hmm. this, I mean, we can move on. But the fact that they are not bringing all the old Pokemon into this new one, have we talked about that? Uh, briefly. Um, I think you asked yeah. me if I cared. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, we. you're right. Okay, we did. That's fine. Uh, I'm still a little fuddy-duddy and say that I think they should, but eh, what am I, what am I, I, I don't can, work at Nintendo. I can't make decisions. I understand the desire to have them all in each game as they progress, but at the same time, there's so many. And yeah. it's... <laughs> It's bad enough to try to keep up with per game just what's new in that or what are in the main uh, Pokédex because it even got to the point where there are separate dexes. There's the uh, game decks like the Alolan decks and then there's the global decks. If you have to divide into mm. two, things are getting out of control. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, may, may, I'll, I'll ask you this because you probably have your finger on more of the Pokémon Pulse than I do. Is that genuinely an exciting draw when a new Pokemon game comes out where it's like, oh, look at all these new Pokemon? Like, what's what's more appealing? Seeing the new engine of Pokemon, seeing your old characters that you know and love brought into this new engine, or just or seeing new Pokemon, period? I... Hmm. So... I don't yeah. overly care about the new Pokemon 
I kind of expect it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And some of them are like, oh, that's cool. But most of them, I'm like, all right, another Pokemon. Don't really care. I want to, yeah. what I care about are mechanics and story. Um, like yeah. with the new Sword and Shield, we got this other new mega super evolved form. I don't have my notes in front of me, so I don't have the correct verbiage. But my first thought is, great, another form to learn the mechanics of and how it works. And that's a negative for me. But they're using this in a way to allow multiplayer little raid fights. All right, now I'm cool with it. Now it makes sense, has a purpose, and I don't mind it. (laughs) It's not just another battle mechanic. You know, it's actually a gameplay mechanic, if you will. Right. Yeah. Well, a new Pokemon game is coming, and I I tell you, I'm not... Only because I've been so far out of the loop with Pokemon stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I am. This is not. I'm not the target audience anymore. But as someone who knows what the hell Pokemon is and how much that franchise is still adored, and what a mm-hmm. what a tower. Of, I mean, okay, go back and look at Breath of the Wild when it got announced. The fucking place was lit on fire. Now go back and look when the Sword and Shield stuff came out. Well, it wasn't really in a venue, but you did hear everybody how excited they were it's still a thing folks it still is and if that doesn't make you understand pokemon go i rest my case so (laughs) um who's i i have i've lost this week chris whose turn is it mine all right if we have nothing else, which I can't think of anything else, I mean, we even gave ourselves some more time with Pokemon, and nothing else spilled into my brain. So, <laughs> it's right, been a week. Let me get a sip of water. Let's talk about yours first. All right, I'll vamp while you get a sip of water. Du, du, I'm du, good. Du, that was du, the vamping. Uh, All right. Okay. Well, so let's see. What order do I want to talk in? Uh, I, I guess I'll just pick up. Well, you know, I'm going to start with Mario Maker 2. Um, well, since you can't start with Spider-Man Far From Home, I mean, you can start wherever you want. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, so I'll start with Mario Maker 2. I played a little bit more of it. I had picked it up a couple of nights. I think one was actually last week, but I completely forgot to talk about it uh, when we recorded because there's so little time I spent on it. But um I picked it up, loaded it up, and started playing some levels. I'm starting to get more familiar with the controls. I mentioned last week that's kind of an issue is, you know, adapting from the Super Mario World uh, feel to the Mario Maker feel uh, because the Mario Maker uses a different physics for all the games than their original forms. I guess except maybe uh, new Super Mario Brothers U. Uh, that mode might be the same because that was more recent. But all mm-hmm. the old games play nothing like they did. So if you played on console, the original versions, and then went and played a level using that theme in Mario Maker, they don't feel the same. You have to basically relearn controls, not button presses, but uh, how it reacts. You know, whether it's more floaty or less floaty, etc. That type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. readjust for precision, if you will. Uh, so I'm yeah. starting to get a little bit better when it comes to that. Uh, I did actually go and buy a uh, 
Pokken. Uh, Pokken tournament really? controller. Uh, because apparently it is one of the best controllers to play Mario Maker with at this point. Because um, I that, I talked about this. Explain that one. <laughs> I will. Um, so I play right now on the Switch Pro controller, which is a great controller by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Unless you need a D-pad for Mario Maker. Um, because it has phantom inputs. And you can take apart the Pro controller, put some tape on it. I'm not going to do that because I don't screw with my controllers like that. If I need a new controller, I just buy a new one, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Same here. But the Pokken tournament controller is actually intended for Pokken, you know, the Pokemon Tekken type game. Uh, mm-hmm. Pokken tournament DX Pro Pad. And it supposedly has one of the best D-pads for the current selection of controllers. Um to play with uh no phantom inputs etc uh because i was playing just you know uh, a couple nights ago i think it was tuesday maybe wednesday i was playing and uh the i was in the middle of a level and all of a sudden i duck instead of you know moving forward when i was holding mm-hmm. right it's like okay that's, oh, that's yeah. not the button i'm pressing so mm-hmm. in harder levels of mario vanilla Mario Maker, whatever, you cannot have that happening. That's just going to lead to instant death. So mm-hmm. I, if I'm going to try to get at least decent at the Mario Maker uh, levels, I need to have a controller that listens to my inputs. So I bought it. haven't used it yet. Uh, just came in yesterday and I had some other stuff to play. But uh, hopefully I will... Hopefully it'll work out. Um, I actually had listened to a few people talking about controllers because there are a lot of third-party controllers. Um, and I think what I, one of the other things I like about the Pokemon controllers is actually a sanctioned, you know, official controller um, and not just a third-party one, which is always iffy, you know, uh, back in the Mad Cats days and all those, the old PlayStation and Sega controllers, which usually were fine. Um, but... At the same time, who knew what was going to happen? Um, but yes, I got a new controller for it. Um, I'm like I said, I'm getting used to the controls still. I'm not very good, but I'm uh, I'm getting there. I think I actually went into the endless mode, uh, which replaced the hundred man from Mario Maker One, and I think I've settled right now into the expert category. Uh, they go easy, normal, expert, and then super expert. Uh, and super expert at right now seems to be just ridiculous in most of the levels. Uh, the expert is a little bit toned down, uh, but still difficult. Uh, normal might as well be easy. But easy is mm. like auto levels and, you know, almost no chance of death levels. So they kind of, I don't know, I'm sure it'll balance out over time. But in Mario Maker 1, Expert was like all but ignored. It was pretty much, all right, you're going to play Super Expert or Normal, you know, essentially. Expert was mm. didn't really have a home. I feel watching and playing Mario Maker 2, that expert is uh, much needed at this point in the life, at least. So, 
and I'm not good enough for a super expert. <laughs> I got my, I got up to 10 easy levels beat and that was a joke. So I moved up to normal, got 10 of those beat. So now I'm working on expert and I don't know what my record currently is. I think it's two is my current expert record. And I haven't beat a single super expert level yet. I think I only tried that once and I was like, all right, I'm going to back mm. up to expert. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a fun mode to play. Uh, the premise of Endless is you play until you run out of lives. Uh, whereas in Marmaker 1, 100 Man was the you know mode that they replaced. And that was you start out with 100 lives and you play how to complete X number of levels to win. And it would just end the uh, 100 Man thing. Uh, for Super Expert, I think it was 6 or 7 levels you had to beat. And then on the other end of the spectrum, like easy was like 15 to beat. So they've hmm. changed that to where now you just play until you run out of lives. So whether that's, you know, two le- one level on super expert or I think the current r- and you're ranked based on your record too. the current record is, you know, like 3000 easy levels for easy or something like that, or 5000 because people are just going through and they're all like ridiculously easy levels. So people are just spamming it to try to hit the top of the leaderboard. Uh, expert last I heard was around 400, which is actually an accomplishment. Even if people are skipping to get the easier levels, um, 400 is still a lot. Uh, I know I've seen, uh, Ryu car who is one of the bigger Mario maker players or just kind of Mario players in general. He plays uh ROM hacks as well. Uh, I watched him. He did a no skip run that got, up to 300, I think. So not skipping any levels, he got that far. So that was pretty wow. impressive. I just caught the tail end of and watched him lose his run. It was painful. <laughs> and apparently that wasn't his only run of the day. Uh, wow. I guess he lost one earlier on in the day and had gone through that many levels already. So he, he's a machine. Uh, there are a few people in the Marmaker commu- community, uh, the top players. They're absurd when it comes to their gameplay um you know i watch barbarous king a lot because i like his rom hacking and uh level design he just made he's made like five levels so far and all of them are really fascinating to watch him work because he's a meticulous level designer he takes a lot of time uh the one he just completed yesterday took him i think three days of streaming the making of to finish it uh and that was probably I think he streams like eight to 10 hours a day. He has a morning stream and then a night stream. And Mm -hmm. so he probably spent 20 hours plus on that one level. Uh, That's the kind of level designer he is. He, he cares about what he's doing to the point where he is almost obsessive at times. Hey, Um, that's, that's good though. You know? Yeah. Uh, There's always, there's the, Funny commentary he always mentions when uh, Grand Pro World 2 comes up to uh, Super Mario World ROM hack, where the first level of the game, he had completely erased what he had like three times. Oh, no. Because well, he just... He, well, he did, he did it on purpose. Yes. This is purposeful oh. deletion because he was so unsatisfied with it. It was like, nope, gonna scrap and start over. Wow. And that's... He put on stream... Around seventeen hundred hours into the ROM hack, I believe it is. 
and then hundreds of hours off stream working on it plus other people's time for music asm you know code work and all that so Mm -hmm. he 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 has a level of dedication (laughs) to his level design um and it really shows Mm -hmm. uh but going back to what i was saying about players um i watch him and he's he's pretty good as is not just as a little crib as a player um, you kind of have to be to make those high level, high tier uh, levels like he does as well. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but Ryukar is one of the top, and then there's uh, the Beast. These are all Twitch names and or YouTube names. Uh, the Beast, he's possibly uh, the best Mario Maker player on Twitch, um, and one of the best, you know, in the world overall. But probably the best on Twitch, and it uh, he is. Kind of, you know, watching the difference between a pro and an amateur play a game uh, in like a professional, like say esports, you know, a pro team versus, you know, you or me. Some of these players among other top tier players have a similar gap. It makes them just look ridiculous uh, right. how good some of them are. Now, so the community is still blowing up. All these levels are being put out. Uh, some super difficult, some pretty difficult but still manageable but a lot of really well designed levels so i uh i'm keeping my ear to the ground and hopefully i'll get good enough to play some of them i actually started a couple didn't make a whole lot of progress i was like all right let's let's back up a bit and work our way up (laughs) (laughs) um yeah all right um let's see Hmm. Don't want to talk about Final Fantasy fourteen or Destiny two first. Oh, Destiny two. Okay. So Destiny two every year does their triumphs, and it is time for the twenty nineteen triumphs, where I have until I say I everybody has until the twenty seventh of let's see August next month. So roughly a month and a half, I think it comes out to. To complete a set of goals in the game, which are usually, you know, complete all the raids, uh, hit max rank in PvP, uh, which isn't hard. It's a, you never decrease in rank, so as long as you just play long enough, you'll eventually reach it. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. they have the, you know, triple rank increase speed weekends, so that's not too bad. There will be other, you know quest related or story related triumphs so started working on that last night um and as part of that i i did a couple things so first i did more gambit which is a pvp mode it's pvp slash pve basically you have a pve encounter you're doing but the other player can invade you and kill you is this which will obviously is set this you back something that, yeah <laughs> Um, when you have the boss summoned and you die, it actually refills the boss's health. Uh, before that point, it just basically is a nuisance and slows you down from, uh, turning in the moats you're collecting to summon the final boss and whatnot. So it's a, Mm -hmm. it's an interesting mode, but I, I'm not a good PVP player, so I do okay when it comes to just the actual PVE aspect. As soon as we get invaded... I very rare. I get like one invader kill per game, which is better than zero, but I usually die like every time an invader comes in if they see me. 
so uh, especially being under leveled like I am at this point still, I'm at a disadvantage when that happens. Uh, PVE isn't as bad, but yeah. So I did that some, and I actually uh, the there's another gambit. Uh, it's not actual gambit, but it's on the same NPC and same area. It's considered part of the same uh, set of play map or play styles, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's uh, the reckoning, which is purely PVE, which is right up my alley. You know, give me a bunch of enemies to kill, and I'll do that. Don't worry about other players killing me. Um, so I actually did that for the first time as I was working through uh, a quest that I could not figure out because they changed where the thing was in the menu. Um, but that aside, I started doing that, so that was interesting. Um because you get gear, but it's not actual leveled up, so you're going to have to infuse it, which is frustrating. But but the equipment gives you better perks in the main Gambit mode. Uh, makes you better at certain roles. So my role, as I said, I'm not good at PvP. So what I do is I typically just kill things. I don't pick up moats. I let my teammate pick them up most of the time and you know let them build up to... Uh, some bigger blockers, which are part of the mechanics. You want to turn in, you know, up to 15 at a time if you can. So I won't pick them up because it's no use me turning in three and someone else turning in three. That accomplishes nothing but adding six to our total. Whereas if he has five, <laughs> he can summon a blocker that goes and prevents the other pe- team from turning in uh, moats for a little bit until they kill it. So there's a whole, gotcha. you know, meta strategy type thing to it. And mm-hmm, I acknowledge mm-hmm. that I'm probably going to die a lot. So I just kill things and let them turn in So. I'm a team player. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my role and uh, has a set of gear associated the Reaper set. Uh, there's Reaper, Collector, and then two others, I think. Uh, Collector, as it sounds, is probably, uh, I believe it's attuned to those that are turning in the uh, moats and stuff. Don't know what it does, but like Reaper, the first perk I'll unlock once I get more piece of gear, I think, is it marks a target I shoot so my team does more damage to that target. So when we're fighting a harder enemy, as long as I'm there fighting it with them or they're fighting it with me, I will help them do more damage automatically. So that adds, you know, a whole uh, a new addition to the meta, to the strategy of that. Um, so it's really interesting. And I like that you can earn it in a different mode, a purely PvE mode and then take it to there um, so you don't have to worry about getting screwed out of the equipment because you're also competing against other people. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, I made it to the Dreaming City as part of this story for the first time. I had gotten there, and this is like probably your old content at this point. I just I got so behind, and I kind of skipped over it for newer stuff because there's something in the unlocking of it where I had to get a random drop or something had to happen. And I was like, well, I'm not going to sit there and grind that. I have too many things to do. And I usually play for iron banner anyway, which there was one, a couple of weeks ago I talked about, I think. Um, but yeah, so I log in. I'm not, I wasn't going to bother, but I actually completed it while I was doing other stuff, doing other stuff for triumphs. So I was like, okay, cool. I can progress that part of the story. And started going to dream. say, man, that is one of the, one of my favorite zones they've done. And I've seen it in a strike. I think I saw it uh, on stream when the uh, whole raid race is going on for that content. 
but actually mm-hmm. going into it as well, man, it's so good. It's got this this atmosphere to it. It's not your typical like land on a planet and run out and you know you're on Earth or you're on Mars or whatever planet you're on. This is a kind of almost dimension to itself. It's like being in a void almost at times. And it's it's just got the atmosphere, like I was saying, that makes it a real cool zone to be in. And the story is getting interesting. And I, yeah, I'm looking forward to actually finishing up the story I should have done like a year ago. Um, I feel bad about it, but I only got so much time. And there's so much to do in Destiny, yeah. so it's really hard to get caught mm. up. Like, even for these triumphs, I have a checklist to do. I'm going to be busy. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be busy uh, trying to catch up. Um, let's see. Any other big... Dis- oh, yeah. The only thing I think worth mentioning right now, based on where I am, I did not realize how many more powerful engrams they had added to the game, which are basically a almost guaranteed power increase for you. Okay. Um, I've talked about before, you know, log on for the weeklies, do the powerful Ingram stuff, and then I'm done for the week, uh, at least when I was caught up. <laughs> um, and it was like, okay, well, there's like seven of them, which, all right, half of them are going to give me useless weapons because I already have something at that power. It's really armor that you want from these drops. Um, so it's kind of frustrating for half of them to be, you know, weapons. So it's just like, all right, I got four weapons. Three of them are primary great (laughs) so even if they each are more powerful than the last that's still one slot that's getting maybe by one power going up so it's not as efficient as okay well all seven are all seven different slots boom five more power levels it's like all right well three out of the seven were useful so up one point i am um but there are a ton of them like i think uh, just off the top of my head without actually looking, I want to say it's like, there's got to be like 15 now, which is insane wow. compared to the previous level. But it's also really good because finally, I need help. <laughs> there's too many things to do. <laughs> um, or not enough uh, things that give me upgrades to do, I should say. Uh, but yeah, so... Let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight left I didn't do. And that's on top of the ones I did already. So, yeah. Uh, and I did, I want to say five. So there might be maybe 12 to 15 of them. But anyway, having mm-hmm. eight left after completing some is more than there used to be. So, really glad they've done that to help speed things up with leveling. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing more and seeing how much I jump in power. I think last night I hit 701, uh, and I think it's 750 is the current cap, something like that. And it's going to go up, uh, in September when the DLC drops. So <laughs> it's, gotcha. I'm mainly doing it for the triumphs because getting caught up with power level doesn't really matter when there's a DLC around the corner. Cause it's just going to help you jump up to like at the start of it. I'll probably be able to get level 740 gear or level 760 gear, depending on what the cap is, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm not really playing right now for the level cap. It's just nice to have to make things easier to get caught up on. Right. Right. Yeah. But on the triumphs, I'm at four out of 25 or 
four out of ten triumphs. Yeah. So, which sounds like, oh, that's almost halfway there. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I have the most basic ones, <laughs> most basic ones done that you can do. Actually, sorry, three. No? Okay, technically four, yeah, because the one that gives you the emblem counts as one of the ten, so. Okay, sure, give me that freebie. Um, <laughs> I have one, I don't even know what it is because it's a secret because I haven't progressed in the story enough for it. Jeez. So, okay, sure. I'll figure out what that is at some point. I'll probably just look it up so I know, but um, I don't think there's anything that I'm, I really need to worry about getting spoiled on at this point because I've watched the raid races. Um and that's not usually terrible because those are kind of isolated from the story to a certain amount. But, um, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to getting caught up on Destiny 2, which I can now do because I am officially caught up with the main story on Final Fantasy fourteen. I have completed Shadowbringers. Wow. Yep. It, um, because because it's like I was we were just talking an episode ago about how you were trying to finish the main story, so you finished all that, and now you're caught, now shut, you're, you're basically done essentially with the main quest stuff of Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes, I am done wow. with the main story of fourteen uh, to the end of Shadowbringers. So until they release another patch, I'm good there. But I have a literal mountain of side content to do. Um, I, I was, so I went after doing that, I was like, okay, well, what next? I went on Locked Dancer because I said I was probably going to try that next and I'm enjoying it. It, uh, I'll get into it a little bit more, but I I was like, okay, well, I want to level my dancer and I was doing some quests and doing, you know, the dailies and stuff. And I'm like, man, this is so slow because I want the main story quest to help boost me up, you know, to give me Mm -hmm. something, give me some substance to my leveling if you will and i asked in the fc i was like hey what's the easiest way to level and they're like well what level are you and i was like i'm level 62 um because i just started dancer and they're like yeah go do i want to say hoh this was the acronym i was like huh what is hoh <laughs> and they told me i don't even remember what it is now and i went and google and it's like yeah to do hoh you have to complete this other thing, and I'm like, oh, uh, which was the something of the dead. Um, God, what's the mode? The, uh, it's the uh, typing of the dead. What? Yep. First time I got to use a typing of the dead reference on this podcast. Chiching. Anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what it's called. I think I can look at my achievements and see uh, what I unlocked. But basically, it's a little mode off on its own that's uh, Palace of the Dead. Which I I had I seen that quest. Good. I was just going to say, I should have known that, but yeah. Yeah, so this other mode, you have to do up to 50 floors of this Palace of the Dead mode, which is a neat little mechanic where you go into this area and you basically start at level one, but you can quickly level up and you have to make your way up floors. And I was playing it solo. So my first run, I was doing really good. I got 
um, up to like level uh, floor six of it. And I was like, all right. And I died. And I was like, hmm, that sucks. So I went to go back in and it's like, hey, if you continue the save because you died, you're not going to be able to do the higher floor. So I was like, I guess I'm starting over. Um, wow. So now I started over and I made it up to floor 10, cleared that. Um, and I immediately died on floor 11. Hmm. And then my save said, hey, if you do this, you won't play high level. So I'm like, wow. So I guess I'm starting over again. <laughs> Because wow. you only get checkpoints every 10 levels. But if you die, you... I don't know, and I don't know what higher levels it means. Because really, all I have to do is get to floor 50. I don't know if above 50 is locked or, you know, above 20 is locked if I die on floor 11. Or, you know, where it locks me out. I haven't fully tested it, but I'm also playing it solo. So, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Uh, but it's just one of the many, many things... I haven't even touched in 14 uh, that is there for me to do. Um, mm -hmm. And even though it kind of has its own leveling system and whatnot, when you exit, I think probably only after beating it, um, or hitting the uh, you know 10th floor checkpoint, you do get a bunch of experience. So I got like 400 and something thousand, which wasn't good for the amount of time I spent in there, but was okay overall it's better than getting nothing for it being a different mode yeah um, probably broke up the yeah. monotony just a little bit as well yeah yeah it's something i could do and after doing all my dailies um i let's see i unlocked alliance content for the first time i still hadn't done those quests because i was so focused on main story uh so i unlocked the first two of those so that I could actually do the roulette because you have to have two unlocked to be able to roulette them uh, for the daily bonus. So I did that. So I have that unlocked now, though I know there's more Alliance content to get to. I haven't touched a single raid thing. I don't even know how to unlock that yet. Um, I probably have to do the Alliance thing first. I don't know. I I have so much stuff to unlock that it's like, yeah, I know this other stuff is still locked, but I I can't be bothered to look up how to unlock it because I probably can't yet. You know, I might as well focus on a couple of things at a time. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'm focusing on dancer, which is one of the new jobs and it, it feels very much like a glass cannon when it comes to DPS. Um, probably similar to how uh, black mage feels or something like that. I'm assuming Black Mages are glass cannons like in uh, most games, most Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Um they are they are nuke tossers, I promise you that. But yeah, when they don't they don't take hits. Yeah. That I so, remember anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I went out, I was doing fates and you know, I'm not doing like fates that are higher level than me. I'm doing fates that are my level or one level lower, just like I would do on Ninja. But man, even with my companion set to heal only my companion's like level rank eight healing. Um, I started putting points in other stuff, but it's like rank eight. So that's, you know, almost capped out on healing. I was still mm -hmm. getting murdered by fates, which are kind of wow. sad. Um, yeah. If I got like three enemies on me at once, I was dead, period. Um, sometimes even two, depending on what the fate is. Uh, Doing a, a boss fate where it's just the one, you know, boss enemy you have to kill. No ads. Uh, I 
basically had to start kiting and regaining health by waiting on cooldowns <laughs> to wow. stay alive long enough to be able to kill it. Whereas Ninja, I just sat there and killed it. An ad spawn, I'd kill the ad and move back to the boss, you know, no problem. Um, but yeah, very squishy, but seems to have a higher damage output overall than uh, Ninja did. So uh, it's also ranged, which is nice, aside from, you know, AoEs, of course. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's interesting to go from my normal, uh, rotation I had on Ninja was like, all right, do this, 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 and this now it's all right. Well, I have a chance and this is, I believe is similar to Bard and, uh, Machinist, Mm -hmm. uh, where they have a chance to enable another ability. And I think it varies like 80%. It depends, probably depends on what level as well and ability. But mine are 50% chance to unlock this. So I'm like, all right, well, one, two, one, two. Hey, I unlocked it. One, three. Or, you know, one, two, three, or whatever the combo is to use that one I unlocked. And then you earn the, uh, what they call feathers. Let me hover over and see what the name is. Uh, fourfold feathers. You can have up to four of these feathers and use uh, the fan dance ability, which is a more powerful attack that is not on the cooldown of your other abilities. And there's actually, at once I hit level 66, wait, I'm level 66. Holy crap. Just realized that. Uh, you have <laughs> Congratulations. fan dance. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you have fan dance 3. Well, fan dance 2 is the AoE version, um, and you kind of unlock them around the same time. Fan dance 3, though, you have a chance when you use fan dance, a 50% chance to unlock the uh, ability, the three ability. So, and it's an AOE, so it kind of combines both of them into one, uh, but it's another essentially quote unquote free attack that's not on cooldown. Um, so it's a, di- it's a different mentality to the rotation. It's a different type of rotation and it's taking some getting used to. Um, but overall, I really like it when it comes to damage and how it plays. Uh, I like being able to designate the quote unquote dance partner so that they get some of the buffs from abilities. Um, the cure isn't super useful, but it's good in a pinch, you know, when I'm off to the side avoiding AOEs or something and I need to heal myself or the group is taking a lot of damage. I can assist because it heals everyone, uh, that's around me too. So I can get that little bit of help to the healer. Um, not enough to, you know, not typically enough, I'll say, to be the difference between life and death, but that little bit to perhaps ease things up and, uh, you know, make it a little easier on the healer. Uh, the only unfortunate part is that it's level 52, and most of the roulettes I end up in are 50, so it's not enabled, which is unfortunate, but... Once I get higher level with Dancer, I should be getting more of the level 60s and 70s, uh, hopefully 70, preferably, so I can use all my abilities uh, in the higher content uh, to get the full rotation effect. Like right now, I just said I unlocked Fan Dance 2. Hadn't noticed because my highest uh, my highest roulette today has been probably 62 for and one of the uh, level ones. aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so 
it's, it's been rough getting a lot of level 50 stuff or even lower and not having half of my abilities. Um, yeah, overall, like it. Um, I haven't, I didn't unlock Unbreaker yet. I probably won't until I want to play it or I'm just working on unlocking everything, which is something I plan on doing, going through all the quests and buy zone and whatnot. I cleared out one zone with my uh, dancer while trying to level for a bit, so it doesn't take much depending on how much I did while I was leveling Ninja, but that's a thing. Um, let's see. So the story itself, I kind of got caught up on mechanics and stuff. The yeah. Shadowbringer story, man, is it so good. Um, yeah, see? Uh, so I hear. <laughs> let's see. It, I'll have to think go and let it settle in a bit more, but it might be my favorite story so far now after finishing wow. it. Wow. Um, I need a little sink in and, you know, think about it a bit more, but probably might be. Um, especially with this just being the quote-unquote start of the DLC. You know, we still have all the updates they're going to put out with more story quests, I'm assuming, like they did the other ones. And there's mm -hmm. so much more story that they haven't told that they established and set up here. You know, you get to the end of the DLC, but that's not the end. There's all these other plot threads they haven't closed out yet. And like, hey, here's your final cutscene. Here's the resolution to your story. But hey, here's what's going on over here that you weren't touching at all. And here's what you're looking forward to in the next set of quests that you're going to be resolving type thing. And yeah, so it's, oh man, so good. Um, it's, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's interesting the way they did things um, because... I'm not sure how to... I'm trying to think of non-spoiler ways to describe this. E, right. I mean... There yeah. are... Yeah. There are reasons for things to happen. And the way they executed them, I think, are done well. And they do a good job of explaining why certain things work or don't work. If that makes sense. In a very vague sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so they kind of, uh, they, they assisted you in that, you know, suspension of disbelief, like, well, sure it's a game, but the, even per game, this doesn't make sense. They kind of filled in some of that for you. So you can go, okay, that makes sense. And they're still keeping game mechanics as they should be, etc. Um, the, the whole warrior darkness angle, uh, you know, that was part of the advertising and all that was really interesting. Um, it, I talked about there being twists and turns and it didn't go the way I thought it would. Um, so it was interesting to see as it went on how they actually resolved the storyline and, you know, what the end result was. I mean, I was satisfied by it. It was a good uh, ending to the DLC and, it also, like I said, left all these questions for what are we doing next, you know? And the, <laughs> the game actually asks you at one point, it's like, so what now? And it gives you your options, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, because uh, 
I, I think I know where we're going, but I need you to, what are we actually doing? So, uh, really good. Um, it, it, it was a little sad. It's that bittersweet, you know, being done with the story. I just want more. I've been grinding story <laughs> for a month now, but give me more. I'll grind out some more. I want more of this story. So know exactly what you mean, man. Um, it's kind of how I felt when I finished Persona Five. Yeah, it's kind of how I finished. Felt when I finished uh, God of War. It's just, it's like it's you're <laughs> in, when you're in that good. Yeah, and, and this could this is like a whole topic in and of itself. Just playing a game that's so good that you don't want to end. You just you want the impossible sometimes. You want the story. Mm-hmm. That is being written, that has been written so good to continue and to continue to surprise you, continue to draw intrigue. And then when it ends, you're like, I knew this was coming. Like everything was ramping up to this. This is the final battle, the curtain call. Here we go. Yay. I did it. Yay. And there's such a feeling for me on multiple occasions where like the game is over and the credits are rolling and it's just a, like I think I can physically feel it in my chest. Like, well, that's it. I mean, I mean that that's it. It's done. Wonder what I'm gonna mm-hmm. play now. What what am I gonna play that's gonna live up to that or give me a feeling close to that or something? You know, it's just ah. Absolutely, it's and with MMOs, it's kind of it's one of those things. Like, okay, there'll be more later. At least we have that to look forward to. Uh, single player games like God of War and Persona, that's rougher because we're like, all right, well, it's over until we get a sequel or, you know, DLC in modern days. Um, but yeah, so my grind in 14 has died down and I'm carrying it over to Destiny 2 to get caught up and adding it to Mario Maker, the grind to get better. So it's, uh, I, I need to find a good relaxing game that's not like, uh, push, push, push. Like, 14, MMO, active combat, you know, team-based combat. So I've got a lot to focus on and think about, uh, depending on, obviously, the content. Um, Destiny, team-based shooter. i got to move around, do all this stuff. Mario Maker, I have to... Yeah, I think that's self-explanatory. These really hard levels uh, need a lot of focus and, you know, a lot of practice and all that. A dedication of time, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I need like an RPG or something to play as well to where it's like, all right, well, I got turn-based combat or, <laughs> you know, a different <laughs> type of game where it's just like, all right, I can take my time and work through slowly. No pressure. Not a lot of, I say not a lot of content, but not a lot of, uh, in an MMO style of content to worry about. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I need a chill game. Yeah. And that. I had I had a discussion about that with a coworker recently. Is it um, that has been something that I have learned over probably I'd say the past five years. Sadly, it's it's too recent in my life. It's been too late in my life to finally understand this. But I've I've had that turmoil thing that in-between games turmoil thing for years now. It feels like more than a decade, maybe close to 15 years, where I'll beat a game and I'll find myself not being able to immediately settle on a new game. Like, I can be toward the end of a game and know or have a good idea of what I'm going to be playing next, like, 
shitting names out here. I could be playing uh, uh, Brave Fencer Musashi and get toward the end and like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, I do, I do have uh, 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 Witcher Two. I need, to, I need to get to that. And like already, so I know in my head when I beat this game in a day or two, I'm going to start that game, and then mm-hmm. I either don't start Witcher Two, or I start Witcher Two and go, eh, that's not what I'm in the not what I would used to think was I don't want to play that or I don't like this, and I would go mm-hmm. from game to game, genre to genre. I have finally figured out the secret to this i don't know how i figured this out i think it just i think just time and experience and banging my head against this mental and emotional wall for so long it's not so much that i it may not be that i don't like the game i need to stop writing games off that i just thinking i don't like them it could be that i'm just not in the mood for it it's i'm trying to discover the balance in my gaming life and the balance being what game should I play next, given what game I just played. For example, mm-hmm. Persona 5, prime example. Yes, Persona 5, great RPG. Yes. Even with active uh, active battles, even with a lot of text-based uh, storytelling and all that. All that. When I got done with that game the first time, the 200 plus whatever hours I put into it, 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 I should not have went to an RPG next. You know, whether that was a backlog yeah. RPG, a new RPG I just bought, doesn't matter where it came from. I need to, I need to move to a different genre. And even now, even this though, this, there's always stipulations. You know, if I played a platformer for all of maybe seven hours, maybe another platformer wouldn't be so bad. But that's that's the balance. That's that that's what I'm finding in my. I have finally figured this out in my later years. Is that okay? If I'm coming off of a Metroidvania that I played for more than you know forty hours, maybe I should go play a blank. You know, a shooter, a platformer, a side-scrolling uh, action game, whatever. Now. Mm-hmm. What the formula is, you know, what it's not like a color wheel. You know, I can't just immediately bounce from (laughs) from orange, orange to blue because I don't know the formula. I don't know what complements what specifically. And even if I do, that may be subjective. There isn't one. There may not be one specifically for everybody. It's for me. So now. I, it, I haven't I've changed a little bit of my methodology so like now when I do play for example a long RPG I won't immediately go to an RPG so uh here's a prime example uh I played Outlast 1 and Outlast 2 pretty much back to back last year or year before I forget and then I don't remember. I don't. I can't recall if it's exact. If it, if it is the direct next game that I picked up, or if it was like I played a game, dropped it, played a game, dropped it, and then went to it. But I did go to uh, Dishonored, and I played Dishonored for probably maybe an hour or two, and said, "Eh." And that's another one that I need to just remind myself. Okay, it's not. It might not be that the game is bad. 
It's that you just came from two emotionally intense horror games that dealt primarily with sneaking. And then you went to this not so scary, not really scary game, but primarily the mechanic is sneaking and stealthing up to people. Maybe don't play that one right now. Give that genre a rest and go play something else. And of course I did and finally picked settled on a game. So yeah, that's slowly helping me get over the personal turmoil because it, it used to get bad. It was getting bad before where I was like, man, am I just not liking video games anymore? Like, I remember thinking that a couple times being like, wow, I'm, I've gone through like 15 games in the past four days and I can't, I'm not liking any of them. What's wrong? I just did not have the correct game. And yeah, I it's it's something I recommend for anybody. It's something I recommend for people that need to if 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 you are ever or if you ever think you're going to find yourself in this situation of man, I don't know. I I I say this because a friend of or a coworker of mine was having this issue. Uh he uh, I say this. I, I'm not not blasting a name or anything like that. But he, I had I let him borrow a awesome game, an incredible game, and I don't ever bug anybody for playing something. Uh, I said, hey, I'm gonna let you borrow this, and I'm kind of anxious for him to get to it. <laughs> uh, so. There were times where he would tell me he played a few things, played a few levels, tried a few things, and I just, I said, okay, maybe he's taking his time, let it be. Let's just let the man be, and he'll get to it when he gets to it. And he was like, man, I don't know, I think I'm, I just don't know if I'm having anxiety, or if I'm not enjoying it, or what, but like, maybe I just need to I just I'm not really finding interest in a lot of this stuff these days and when it boiled down to it it's like he just played he just came off of several hours almost a couple months of playing a game of almost the same exact same exact genre say hey man back off go play this other go try something else and I mean we're talking weeks weeks maybe months ago we had this discussion and now he has and now he's gone to the game that I have let him borrow and He's enjoying it, and he's like, "Man, I can't." Uh, just, I was, I was worried for a while. I'm like, "Man, trust me. Every time that happened to me, I was worried too. It's nothing to do with you. It has jack to do with you. It's just the way things happen like that. You got to move to a different thing, add some new flavor, and come on back to it. And you know, you'll find some enjoyment. Now, if you keep playing games like this, and you determine that you just don't like it," There is a point where you can just say I'm 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 kind of done with this game and moving on. But make sure you didn't you know g- give it its due diligence. So yeah, that's my long-winded story and advice as coming from somebody that has this issue. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that helps 
someone out there because it definitely helped me once I realized it because it can cause some anxiety, man. It really can when your main focus hobby, you're like, eh, about it. So, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what I'd play, though. I kind of need to go through my Steam library and see what jumps out at me. I was thinking maybe starting uh, Daganrampa or however it's pronounced because mm, I have that on my list and you've played it recently, so maybe it's a good time to play it so we can kind of compare notes, you know, have a spoiler episode. Did you actually beat the game or not yet? Uh, since the last time that we talked about it, I haven't moved any further. Um, I was going into the trial, I believe, of the fourth, fourth or fifth, uh, uh, instance. And I think I may have actually made it a bit into the trial and was coming mm-hmm. down to the, the point where you had to put all the clues together and make the story happen. I don't remember what took over, but... Yeah, it's uh it's it's on my to-do list and on on multiple for multiple reasons too. I mean, I have that. There is the sequel and the other sequel, so yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I have I'll all tell of you, them as man, well. Yeah. The I mean, I got them on Steam sale, so <laughs> Yep, same. Uh man, Steam this is like the Steam podcast episode, man, but I'm telling you, I it, you are cursed with riches when steam when it comes to steam because oh, you've got every every single time that I go through my steam list and look at it yeah there's the obvious I don't know 20 30 40 games that I have played maybe even a hundred or so mm-hmm. but there are other ones where it's like okay did I start this one or not did I like it did I not was this in what I was just talking about like maybe I start I played it at a wrong point and I need to go back and it's I, and then I'll and I'll like stop and go wow I'm already in the R's and S's and I haven't settled on a game yet what's wrong <laughs> with me just pick something so yeah yeah there are i mean i'm even just looking at the ones i have installed i'm like okay i i recently said i'm not going to install any more games until i you know beat the ones i i'm done with so i can uninstall them and uninstall something else but i obviously haven't been keeping that rule because of course not that'd make too much sense um Mm -hmm. so right now i have total war three kingdoms uh which i haven't started I have Danganronpa, uh, the first one, which I haven't started. And then I have Wargroove, which I started. Sekiro, which I started. Uh, oh, man. Mortal Kombat 11, which I sort of started. I only did mm-hmm. the uh, you know tutorial type stuff, learning. I haven't done any story in 11 yet. Um, I, I have Far Cry New Dawn, but I think all that's left on that is just a little bit for 100%. I need to actually go and double check, um, see what I'm missing. Uh, I might mm-hmm. be done with it. Uh, Anno eighteen hundred, which has story that I haven't finished yet. Um, so I have all these options just from games yeah. that are installed, and I'm already like, and eh, maybe I'll start Dang and Rapa. And I'm like, I have three other games I have started. <laughs> yep. I mean, 
uh, a, a random example in the list without me having Steam open. This is just one that I've seen repeatedly and been like, I should do that one. I have mm-hmm. Far Cry 4. I've had Far yeah. Cry 4 for the longest. I know what that game is going to be. I know I'm going to get some type of enjoyment out of it. Whether or not the characters, I, I know they can't, but whether or not the characters are good or, or, or better than than Voss. Like I know that I know what the gameplay has to offer. So all I have to do is start playing it and I'll mm-hmm. get into it. And I pass over it. I'm like, why are you passing over it? You bought it, play <laughs> it. And it's just uh, like you know, kind of like I mentioned either, either last episode or episode before that. I, I tried a few games like the uh, the God Eater game. Okay, if I'm in the mood for a Monster Hunter style game, I now know what that game is and I can go to that game. It's I I need to start I may be inadvertently making my own backlog f- a, like t- just c- I'm cutting my own wrist basically because I'm acting like I don't want to play the game whereas okay that is a different genre than what I just played if you would just give it a try, maybe you would. And I'm like, I don't wanna. I, I just, God, first world problems. Oh, yeah. As a video game player, it is real. This, I wonder if like other hobbyists have this issue. You know, I figure a fisherman might be a little easier. You know, he just gets in a boat and goes and fucking fishes. Yeah. But maybe he has. Maybe he wants to choose freshwater, saltwater. Maybe he wants to choose what type of fish he wants to fish for. He has to choose what lures he wants to use. He wants to use lures uh, or bait. What I, I suppose. But my God, we have I, we have very, hundred. Chris and I have hundreds of thousands of video games to pick from. Literally, whether we own them or not. And it's like oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think the uh, a hobby that comes to mind would be crafts. Um, oh yeah like uh your mom actually comes to mind (laughs) in her Mm -hmm. craft room not just a closet but she has a room dedicated to craft stuff unfinished things and like i know my girlfriend she started crocheting you know years ago at this point i don't think she ever finished uh the blanket she's working on she started another one uh because she had another idea and both of them are sitting in complete in the little craft bin we have (laughs) (laughs) By the way, shout outs to uh, Hollow Knight on my Steam playlist, which shows that I've put almost 250 hours into across mm-hmm. a few playthroughs. The next game under that for me was Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Yeah. I don't know why that surprised me, but <laughs> I I just knew that it was going... So, just really quick fucking side tangent uh, mm-hmm. out of your week. I'm so sorry. But yeah... I I'm was looking at this anyway. list. Yeah, I was making a mental bet with myself. Okay, what game is going to be top? I feel like it's going to be Hollow Knight just for the sheer amount of times that I played it. But after that, I was like, it's got to be Grand Theft Auto V. Grand Theft Auto V was so big. And then I was like, wait, we're talking size. Holy shit. Witcher 3 was huge. So many quests across so many continents. I've got to. And then I pulled it up and it was like, motherfucker, did you forget about Black Flag? I was like, yes, I did. (laughs) I'm so sorry that you were like less than 10 hours uh, 10 almost 10 hours less than fucking hollow knight so yeah i've got 249 hours into hollow knight 237 almost 238 hours into black flag and there is a valley 
between the next one. 137 for Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I have played Black Flag oh, 100 hours more than The Witcher 3. Yep. And even then, I've played Grand Theft Auto 5 about 36 hours less than Witcher. Like, this just blew my mind. And I'm looking at Black Flag because... How do I say this without it making it without it sounding detrimental? Because I I fucking swear to God it is not it's not meant to be this way. If it sounds bad or negative toward Black Flag, it's not. I'm just trying to make this make sense. It may be because of the last time that I played this game. Uh, I don't actually have that. I don't think the list that I pulled up showed the last time I played it. But uh, it, it, I don't know if it's when I played it. I feel like it wasn't even that long ago. Maybe two, maybe three years ago. But I feel like I kind of blew through the story of that game. And most of my, most of my play time, I felt like it was all the side stuff. But it just did not seem like 240 hours to me. Because when I think of 240 hours, I think of Persona 5. Mm-hmm. And when I think of Persona 5, I think of, my God, the magnitude of shit to do in that game. I think of Breath of the Wild and think of how huge that game is and all the time I spent in that game. I spent a lot of time in, in Breath of the Wild just grinding and I say that happily. Yeah, I ground to get a lot of armors and items and stuff and hunted and gathered uh, uh, farm for ingredients and shit. Yeah, I did that. I had fun doing it. But I can I can put myself in a mental frame around Breath of the Wild going, man, I felt, I know I played that game for a long time. I do not feel like I played Black Flag that long. Mm-hmm. And this thing, even if I'm generous and take away like 20 hours of, I don't know, maybe I left the game on a few times. That's still over. That's still close. That's still 200 plus hours. What that means to me is this game was so good and so fun that I could not mentally keep up with the time. There wasn't a point in me playing Black Flag where I was sailing this fucking ship somewhere and going, ah, oh, here we go. I got to sail all this way again. Here's mm-hmm. another fucking seven minutes of sailing on this boat. Here we go. You know, I that's that's amazing to me. Yeah. My, uh, my top game for a time is actually XCOM 2. But I think a chunk of that's idle, but that's at 275 hours. Um mm-hmm. But the one before that, which I don't think has probably really any idle time, is Seven Days to Die. And I have 274 really? hours, one hour less than Seven Days to Die. Um, wow. I have played a ton of it. Uh, and then my third game is Stardew Valley at 222 hours. And the Seven, seven, uh, seven Days, days to, to Die, die. That's, a, that's a fairly recent game, yeah? Um, Not really. For you, anyway? No. Nah. When did... It, it's been let's see it has a release date of 2013 I didn't play it back then I don't think um, but basically I put a lot of time into it every time they update so I'll play yeah. you know like 30-40 hours every time they update <laughs> uh, okay. um, well that makes sense so it's 
and it, I mean, it's a zombie survival game, so it never ends. You know, there's yeah. by the time we make progress and kind of get to end game, uh, that's when it starts getting a little bit more boring. But there's still a bunch to do, and you know, we don't mm-hmm. quite get to the end, so we end up, uh, you know, kind of redoing the same stuff a couple of times, whatnot. Um, Stardew Valley is similar in the sense that that's both a single player playthrough and a multiplayer playthrough that we started. Mm-hmm. So, and that game alone, you can spend hundreds of hours just working through it, uh, depending on what you're trying to do. Cause I was trying to hundred percent it. And that takes a lot of time because the day night cycle is based on real time. So you have to sit there and wait, or I say sit there, but do other stuff while you're waiting on certain times or days. And you know, it's, it's not something you can easily skip through. Let me just go over these top, this like top, I guess eight or so on my list because this is, this is crazy. So apparently, I have put seventy-two hours in Dragon Quest Eleven. That's crazy to me. I don't feel like I put that much yeah. time into it. But mine was yeah, one hundred and three. Yeah, uh, Valkyria Chronicles, which I've never gone back to. I f- I feel I should out of principle alone. 78 hours, almost 79. Here's what's crazy. Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. This is one that I would look at on the equivalent level of, say, Grand Theft Auto 5 or Witcher 3. Because uh, I did... I'm pretty sure I did everything I could possibly do in Metal Gear Solid 5, aside from obvious shit that would, can, that would uh, require extreme grinding or whatever 81 hours just about close to 81 hours that's that's crazy to me (laughs) stacking that up against because i do remember playing metal gear solid 5 and and i remember dying on like difficult missions repeatedly and having to do like these long uh tracks of, of progression over and over again i i can feel the length of uh the duration of play in metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain Black Flag, I have over twice that. Mm-hmm. Almost, th- actually, pretty much three times that amount of time. It's, it's It blows my mind. It's so <laughs> crazy. Here's what I need to fix, though. Dark Souls, Prepare to Die Edition. Okay, I've played it a probably an equal amount of time. Let me think, let me think here. Uh, I may have played it on the 360 a little bit more. But I put 84 hours into the PC version, uh, Dark Souls Prepare to Die. Apparently, I have played Sekiro longer. I played Sekiro for 89 hours. I will fix that because I will go through (laughs) Dark Souls again. (laughs) And I promise you I will probably have more fun again. Mm -hmm. Uh, and to be go fair, ahead. how much of that Sekiro time was troubleshooting? <laughs> ah, good Lord. Yeah, no doubt. Here, Here's one where I can definitely tell you there was work involved. Where I can go, yep, I can take, you could probably take about 20 to 25% of that time solely to repeating shit because I died. Mm-hmm. The Messenger. Almost yeah. 101 hours. Oh, yes. And... This is what's sad. This is actually going to kind of tie into my week a little bit. Uh, when I f- first started The Messenger, 
I can't recall how the saving, the checkpoints and all that was done, but I was... I wasn't blowing through the messenger, Chris, but I was making it at a, I was making it through at a fairly decent pace. You know, mm-hmm. I may have died to every boss maybe two or three times. The the standard little I got to learn your patterns and figure out what to do fair. Going through the terrains and the the areas, rarely did I die. Maybe the occasional pitfall, maybe the occasional okay, I got I got overzealous and let myself take too much damage, and then that fucking one enemy got a lucky hit off. But usually it was to bosses. I was trekking through that game fairly confidently and not easily, as in the game was easy, but I was just having an easy time with it. Until the shit started hitting the walls, and it was like, fuck. (laughs) So... It might have been only like 30 or 40 hours into the game before that first wall of difficulty hit. And I have over 101, 100 hours in this game. That, that game did something to me. How did I get myself so hooked on that type of difficulty that I, that I kept going? I don't know, because there's not many times in games that I do that, aside from mm-hmm. the Souls games, obviously. But... Again, just eye-opening, thinking of that. Again, even if I took idle time off of there, you could half that. I I still feel like I made the first 20 or 30 hours no problem and then spent 20, 30 hours like, man, I'm... I, there were times where I got to this area, I would get home from work, I'd do a couple things and then get to this point and play this point all the way until it was bedtime, went to sleep, <laughs> woke up the next day, went to work, came back home, went back to the point that I was stuck at. Maybe I might have beat it the next afternoon. Maybe I didn't and had to go back and tackle it again. Like, I don't know. Hollow Knight has difficult points like that, but I was never stuck that bad. Sure. And I don't, like, I just don't. I feel like Hollow Knight has such a better balance, but anyway, anyway, mm-hmm. it was just it was just a little it was eye opening looking at this little like oh here's some of the top games you put the most time into, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and all of them are earned, especially Hollow Knight and especially Black Flag. Yeah, yeah, one of the games on my top list that makes me pretty happy to see it there just because of how it went. I have over a hundred hours in No Man's Sky. <laughs> it says 133, but I know I have some idle time because I was letting it sit idle to accomplish some missions in the uh, latest update. Um, uh-huh. But still, over 100 hours, probably not idle, is yeah so nice to see because that game was so rough, but it got so much better, and good for them. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, and again, you just really want to key in on that. Seeing that difference between... There's a hundred hour difference between Black Flag and Witcher Three, and mm-hmm. I know it, it doesn't take too long in Witcher Three. Probably the first ten or fifteen hours, once once continents and cities and and towns all that shit, when the world re- when the worlds really start to open up, yeah, you see exactly how huge this shit is, and then not only it's not only seeing it on the map, but going and talking to somebody. 
and looking for a quest from them. And then that quest opens up about three other ones. And that repeats. Like, oh. So I felt the, the, the scale of Witcher 3. And I only put 137 into it. I put 100 more into Black Flag. Ah. Sounds like that's uh, the best suggestion I've given you so far. That is right. That is right. I have decided also, this has been in the back of my mind for some time, I am putting Hollow Knight up on the board, up on the block to be up on the board somewhere. I've seriously considered all the games in my top 15, and don't worry, folks, in the future we'll have a top 15 episode. Um sometime we will but yeah i've uh yeah i i I was i was this close to to playing hollow knight again this not the last turmoil but the turmoil turmoil before that before i got into the game that i'm playing now i was just about to go back into hollow knight again for probably this would have been like the fifth or sixth time and i said yeah uh, I, I, this game deserves to be on my list, man. I, I I'm thoroughly impressed by it. I'm also anticipating and hyped for the uh the the uh sequel that's coming out too. Mm-hmm. So can't recommend Hollow Knight enough to you or to anybody else, man. It's 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 fucking up there. It's solid. Uh, so yeah, you said that was that was it for your week before I took it over with Steam shenanigans. Yep. <laughs> All right, so. I'm actually, let's see, i tell you what, I'll, I want to end it off uh, with with talking about uh, my non-gaming thing, uh, non-playing games thing, uh, so let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, we can't, still can't talk about Spider-Man, <laughs> I didn't see any shows or anything like that, so actually non, okay, I will, I, I will make a shout out, um, uh, I did make a post on my personal Facebook page, but this needs to be said to the to our audience too, because I I really enjoy these guys. Uh, we did a we did an episode uh, some time back where we went over YouTube uh, content creators. We basically listed off our subscriptions and talked about uh, YouTube uh, channels and Twitch channels and uh, who we recommend for what reasons and i do believe one of my non-video game youtube channels that i did shout out was uh comic pop uh i have been a fan of those guys since the beginning that's not trying to brag and trying to be that guy's like, i was there since day one i'm just saying i've i don't know how i twigged these guys when they were first starting but their original channel name was uh tv little house and they still have, to this day, though it's been updated with better cameras and they have a, a considerably more segments or uh, series that they do, one of the first uh, and main attractions to that channel for me that they started even back then is a series they run called Back Issues. What they do for about an hour per episode is they go through entire comic arcs or entire comic series like, for example, uh, The Infinity Gem or The Infinity War or Civil War or some Batman arc or some Superman arc or even some, you know, just these guys are comic book guys. The premise of Back Issue is the main the main host 
is that comic book guy. He's like our video game level when it comes to comics. He's been reading comics since he was a kid. He's read so many comic variations from so many companies, not just Marvel and DC. He's just extremely, extremely knowledgeable when it comes to comic books. And to his left and his right on the couch are a couple guys that they're they're interested in comics. They like comics, but they don't have the same amount of knowledge. So he will go through an entire arc and explain like the Infinity Saga. He'll basically retell it and paraphrase it to these guys, and they'll have questions. This it's I don't I've never gone behind the scenes to look. Is this all a gimmick? Like are all three of you actually comic gurus or what? Uh, so I don't get in that, in that minutia. If it's all an act, they do it really well because they're always asking questions. They're always picking the brain of the, of the main guy. And it's, I've loved that format. They are, there are so many episodes of back issues right now. There's well over a hundred episodes and it's, it's a fucking great channel and back issues is a great segment. If you are the type of person that is vaguely interested in comic books and do not have the time to read them all or feel overwhelmed because, yeah, you're interested in the Phoenix Saga, but maybe you've heard that there's so much shit that you need to read and know about beforehand, I highly recommend uh, comic pops back issues. I recommend comic pop period because they have other comic book stuff too. They're all about comics, but their back issues series is fucking great. I watch all of them. I'm intrigued by them. Uh, and I learned so much more about comics through them. Uh, to the point where I feel like I can actually talk to comic book aficionados just from the knowledge that they tell me because of, of watching them. Uh, one of their latest episodes to date of this podcast episode is uh, Civil War. Uh, I think War Games or War something. I, I don't want to pull my... I'm going to pull up on my phone. That's a better way to do it. Um, comic Pop Civil War... There's, it's like a newer, updated um, Civil War. Uh, War Zones, there it is. It was released uh, this month, middle of July, 2019. And uh, this episode was fucking awesome. Uh, and it's not because the show, the show is always great, but the, the, this comic that they went through, this arc they went through was awesome. They, it's basically telling civil war again but telling it from as they put it the characters in the in this comic in these comics they act like the characters would in character it's not a whole lot of zaniness it's more say grounded and has it's just it's an alternate telling to civil war and it's it's done so well um I don't really want to tell you anything about it because I'd rather you, I'd rather you, if, if what I'm telling you sounds vaguely interesting, go check out Comic Pop's channel, go check out their Back Issues channel, if anything, go find this episode, Civil War, Civil War, War Zones, and sit down for an hour, let them tell you a story, and once you see this, that's basically what Back Issues is, so you can go through the entire laundry list of their Back Issues episodes and go, oh, Old Man Logan, I've always had an interest in, uh, what is Old Man Logan, what's that's about? They have an episode where they go through Old Man Logan and tell you about it. It's really, really well done, well produced, uh, just, just a bunch of good folks, man. 
Uh, that was probably my kind of think that's really my only non-gaming thing. Uh, gaming, I have been playing two separate games, uh, one of which is a remake, so to speak. Uh, I talked about it last episode, Blaster Master Zero, I think mm-hmm. I did. Okay. Yeah. Still playing through that, uh, in case anybody missed the last episode, this is basically a, so it's like, it's a remaster, a remake, retelling, so to speak, of Blaster Master for the Nintendo, and... Yeah, done pretty well. I believe this game was originally released on the Nintendo eShop or something like that. And now it is it is also out for Steam, which is where I'm playing it right now. And this has kind of been one of my mid midway games, kind of one of my if I do want to take a break from the original game I'm playing or if I just feel like playing something different for a bit. There are many times in my in my life where I'm why I'm kind of working on multiple games at one time this time is one of those but it's really only two uh i'll bounce back to this one for a little bit play play through a level or so explore a little bit uh i still have my misgivings about the music i don't know if i mentioned the music last time chris you know i got i got a bad memory but uh, blaster master is one of my cherished nes memory type games this was a game that uh, one of my old, old, old best friends from like early grade school had, and I have fond memories of going to his house and playing Mega Man Four or Blaster Master. And I mean, I played this game repeatedly. I felt like I sucked so bad at it as a kid, kind of like I did with Mega Man Four. But it's such a cherished childhood memory type game that I, I, I just I can't get over it. I love it. I have it has a fond, fond place in my heart. As such, I'm so used to the music from that game. Like it, it are it does have great music. Uh, excuse me, the original NES game does. The Blaster Master Zero has some of those same tracks, but not all of them. So the ones that are from the old NES game, of course, they have a bit of a remix to them, and the remixes are they're fine. You know, they're fine. But there are also times where you're into a level or a sub area, like a dungeon or whatever, and it's a completely different track. And by itself, sure, it's probably a decent, you know, track. It's not a bad track, but I'm I'm that guy that I'm just so against change like that. And because Blaster Master has such a a warm spot in my heart, I really wish they would have just kept all the music. If not, just kept the music and, and kept all the music and remixed it to the point where I was trying to find a mod for the game that would let me mod the original music back into it. I couldn't find it. I don't think one exists right now. And then I went into the music files of the actual game itself, but they are coded and designed a specific way, and I don't feel like editing all those, doing all that shit for an entire soundtrack. So it's. That's just a personal thing, audience. Okay, don't take that as a negative. It's not. This, there's nothing wrong with the music in the game. The music's not bad. It's just I was kind of hoping there was a way to put that old shit back in. There are many games that have done that recently, and I I wish this one would pick up the trend. Maybe in a future patch, I'll get that. All that aside, all that aside, all that personal. I don't want to see. I don't want to hear change bullshit aside. The game itself 
fine. It's Blaster Master, but it's got a little bit updated graphics. It has a, a few little changes here and there, but most are fine or not a problem. Uh, you still have some old school shit like fall damage. Uh, I got out of Sophia, which I uh, also I don't know if all the characters are the same, but I'm sorry that will always be Sophia the Third. That's the name of that tank car, so that that is what it is. Uh, I got out of Sophia and climbed down a ladder, and I was like, let's try this out. And I was, I don't know, maybe six or seven characters above on the ladder, and I jumped off the ladder and died. I said, oh, yep, fall damage is still there, and it's still to a crazy <laughs> level. Your character cannot fall from more than, say, uh, say about three times their height. If they do, mm -hmm. they're dead. If you do, if you fall from a little bit lower than that, you're going to take severe damage. They didn't back off of that. That, hey, I'm fine with that because I'm used to that. I could see that being a problem for people that have never played a Blaster Master game. I get it. But for me, they kept that in. Okay, sure, whatever. Uh, a quality of life thing, though, that I... I can see where people may not like this. If I can see where Puritans would not like this, but I fucking love it, and I will always love stuff like this. I feel like I'm allowed to say I love this because I come from that age of shit being stupid hard for no reason. So you go through a level, you go through a sub to sub area, and well, let's back up a bit. For those that don't know and haven't played Blaster Master, there there are two types of combat in this game. Either one one being the main overworld where it is a two two D side scrolling platformer. However, you're in a tank, so your tank you know rolls around. You can jump fairly high, and as you go throughout the game, you should be getting upgrades to Sophia that will let you. Uh, jump higher or even climb walls or let you uh, uh, drive underwater your wheels turn into like uh, like water jets so you can you know swim around essentially in your tank underwater yada 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 your tank gets upgraded uh, the uh, the parts of the game where the action so to speak takes place the main core the main story the main the main gameplay action takes place you actually have to get out of your tank and now you're a little bitty teeny tiny character walking around with a little bitty pp pew pew gun and you go into caves and subterranean levels and that's typically where you will find uh upgrades to your weapons your your little character's weapons or you'll find dungeons that have bosses and will let you get power-ups for Sophia slash will let you progress the, the game. And uh, so, yeah, that's the two main gameplays. Uh, so I'm playing through and I'm going through a main dungeon area. And I know the I know just because I know the way that I know the way. I know how most of the early levels are laid out. I knew that this was going to be a boss area. And sure it was. But right before the boss... There was a save station. I was like, oh, fuck yes. Thank <laughs> you. I would have killed for that when mm -hmm. I was a kid. And I say that across multiple games. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a brief, brief fucking vent right here, right now. And I'm pretty sure Chris can, Chris would agree with this. There are so many games from back in that 90s, 80s, 90s time frame that were designed to be hard and mm -hmm. it's it it was so it was so dumb to me. Now, 
There is a large school of classic gamers that love that because they love that challenge. When you tell them you have two hit points, two lives, one continue and beat this this beat this super difficult fucking platformer with just that, they love that. They get tickled by that. I enjoy the challenge but start everything all the way over from the beginning sucks. When you are making it through and making it through and you die and you go, oh, let me go back through again all the shit that I have memorized again over and over to get back to this level just so I can essentially practice this hard-ass jump or this hard-ass fight. Oh, I died again. Start the whole game over. I'm sorry. I grew up in that time frame, and I can tell you, from my opinion, that shit sucked. So when you look at a game like Blaster Master Zero that says, hey, we'll give you a little save right here. We'll give you a little bit of edge. Mm -hmm. They could have added lives right there. I wouldn't have cared. They could have added continues. It wouldn't have mattered. I have a save point now. So now I don't have to go through all that shit all over again. I got up to here. I progressed up to here. I made it here. Now this is where more hardship, like this, I get it, this is a big discussion, a big to-do, and yada yada, difficulty, and, and draw, and interest, I get all that. There are so many games that I cannot think of, let alone list right now, from the NES, SNES, Genesis area, especially, mainly the NES era, mm -hmm. where it's like, I really... I really wish they would have given me more lives or given me more continues or given me some checkpoints that were just a little bit merciful because yeah, it's great when you beat a game like that, but man, it's like, it's just, it's fucking monotonous at a point, you know? And then I was justified for all this in my mid to late twenties when I was discovered, and I'm still fucking discovering this today, it's shocking how many games did this. All these games that are doing this bullshit do it because they're based off of arcade games whose sole purpose mm -hmm. is to kill you and keep you coming back because it takes money to come back. Yep. Oh, my God. This game <laughs> is quote-unquote difficult this game gives you two hit points two lives one continue you die start the game over because it's based off the mentality of an arcade system ah oh. well thankfully except for the games that choose to be difficult like that most games have been like yeah uh, we don't do that shit no more you have checkpoints in the level and you'll have a save point when you know right here thank you to the game designers that put that shit in, thank you. I, I, I am happy. I'm happy that you do. Uh, so yeah, I can't. I went to that first boss area, man. I had that save point, and I was like, "Wow, I, phew, this is great. This is great." Um, I'm. I think I'm somewhere in the third level right now. I forget. Uh, there are actually save points scattered throughout the actual overworld too. So uh, I just found me a point. Uh, I found me a part somewhere and made a save and, and uh, went back to the other game or was gone done for the night or whatever. But yeah, enjoying that game. If uh, I would recommend it if you've ever heard of Blaster Master and and said, uh, but you said, ah, maybe the NES is not for me. I 
I wouldn't agree with that, but I can understand. Blaster Master Zero does a does a does a good job of recreating that feel. I still prefer the original music, but and a lot of the other stuff that was in the NES version is also in this too. I've noticed like some of the sound effects are still there. Uh, most of the power ups and all that stuff is is it's it's all still there. Uh, your main character, the your little uh, walk around on on two two legs character, you can upgrade his weapon, and it's it's actually pretty interesting how they did this one. In Blaster Master for the NES, you basically up the the more upgrades you got to your weapon, it would like it would make your shots go further. And then it would power them up, I believe. I, th- I think then it started making the bullets go in like a wave pattern until it became this... I think when you had it max power, it was like this rainbow-colored uh, DNA-shaped, like, uh, quick, powerful shot that would stream and go across the screen. It would do a shit ton of damage. Uh, you also have your standard bomb, which is another attack, if, and, and those are based off of currency. And this version, once you power it up to a certain point, it basically had it has about four or five different weapon choices that you can pick from. So your shots get longer, your shots get longer, your shots get longer. Okay, now there's like five shot styles that you can pick from. Which one do you want? Do you want this wave? Do you want like an uh, a less powerful but but really fast shooting uh, rapid fire gun? Yada yada yada. That's that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, the, the, the penalty though, is that if you get hit, you lose your powers, but you can find another item that will, that says, okay, if you get hit, you get like a one-time save. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that, and actually that save will charge back up over time. So if you get hit, we're not going to take your powers away, but if you get hit again, we will. But if you get hit and then you just continue to not get hit for a while, that save will come back and you can use it again. Just little little bitty touches like that in this game made it make it uh, make it really good. Uh, but again, that's that's more like a play. It's like a filler game for me. It's not one I'm. I'm I've noticed that when I do play it, I get all into it, and I know that's that's mostly the oh I fucking love Blaster Master coming out in me. Uh, unless like I got to beat this game, I've already beat Blaster Master a couple times. Uh, so the other game, okay, I I know I didn't talk about this last, last, last week, so, but I feel at some point I may have brought this game up before. Okay. Um, when I don't recall, I believe this is one of those games that I picked up and played and it may, hey, it may have been one of those. I just, I thought the game was bad or I did, it wasn't interesting but maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it. Who knows? Because the other game that I have been playing for a while now and doing a I'm a fairly large percentage of the way through this game is Ori and the Blind Forest. Now, nice. I do remember E3 this year. There was mm-hmm. an Ori and the Blind Forest sequel announced, and I do remember saying that yeah, I played the first one, and I didn't, I wasn't interested. I didn't draw my attention, whatever. So I'm not that interested in the sequel. I can tell you now, I'm fairly <laughs> interested in the sequel. I'm gonna Excellent. to the point, to the point, Chris. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that Ori and the Blind Forest two trailer or uh, a, a a world premiere and see what see what I can see because mm-hmm. now I. 
I feel like I have a a very large, firm grasp on the concepts of Ori and the Blind Forest. So now you're I invested. See new, exactly. Now when I see new mechanics or see old returning mechanics, I'll I'll have more interest. So yeah. Um, why this one? I don't know. The day that I picked this one to play, I had already played. I had already tramped through about probably four or five of the games, just trying to figure out which one I want to fold onto. I think I even pulled up my backlog list and looked through it, and it was just like, ah, I just don't know. I don't know what I'm in the mood for. So I'll just keep genre bouncing till I find one. Uh, I saw Ori, and I mean, I know. I knew that Ori and the Blind Forest was also a Metroidvania-style game, so I was like, ah, maybe I'm in the mood for a Metroidvania. Typically, I always am, so sure, why not? Uh, I opted to not continue wherever I was. I figured that enough time had passed, I should just Mm -hmm. go ahead and start a new file, so I did. I erased where I was, and I, I I don't feel I was too far into it anyway. And I... I started playing and I have been playing that ever since. It's got to be a it's it's well it's probably a day or two after last recording, so definitely a week at least. This game is a Metroidvania, so I'm liking it. Um, I'm trying to think of some some good highlight points that I can talk about without spoiling anything. Uh, I mean, well, there's not really a lot to s- spoil. There is a story to this game. Um heartwarming at points yes and yeah the story honestly as good as it is is not the reason why i'm playing this game it's not the reason why i'm continuing to play this game but if you want a story it's it's there the style of storytelling that they do is i mean it's different to me it's interesting they you basically it's basically when you go to new areas they'll put a couple little lines of text on the screen and then you'll play. You'll end up playing for hours and hours on end. And you'll unlock a new area, or you go to this, you know, story specific area. And as you're just walking through, doing your thing, some more text will pop across the screen. Not the story itself is. It's not direct and in your face. It's more. It's more like storytelling and story weaving. So it is what it is. The story is not why I'm playing this game though. There is good platforming in this game. There is exploration. There's a map system. There is an abilities upgrading system. There is uh, beautiful, beautiful graphics. I, I mean, everybody has talked about how beautiful Orion the Blind Forest is. Real, uh, I mean, go ahead. Real quick. Are you playing the original or definitive edition? Definitive edition. Okay. Yes. And I feel like I have come, went, uh, I did not look at the differences uh, when I bought this game. I bought this game like a year or two ago, and uh, I just picked the the best version. It said Definitive Edition had extra shit in it, so I picked that one. I'm assuming that there are extra areas into it, because I feel like there's an area that I just ran through that definitely feels like a additional area. It seems like an area that just has some more story, more content in it that was not part of the main go-to. Felt side questy-ish, we'll put it that way. Sure. And um Yeah. Uh it wasn't I haven't taken notes on this man. I've just been playing it and it's, it feels good. Uh so some things to talk about. 
so there are big hub areas, though it's not. That's there. Are, just think of a, think of Castlevania Symphony Night. Think of games in this Metroidvania style. The map is very large, and there are giant sections in it, and those sections are usually themed around something, uh, and you play through these areas you explore there are obviously blocked paths there are places that you can't go through because you don't have a key or you don't have a way to unlock that door or you're missing an ability that lets you get through this typical metroidvania stuff is here but it's all done very well the controls are very tight uh, and just the music and the graphics combined with this, with these controls and everything. Now, I'll tell you now for spoiler free, uh, would I put this game above Hollow Knight? Oh, fucking hell no. No, no, no. <laughs> or in the Blind Forest is very good. It is very good. I don't know what I'm going to grade this game when I'm done with it, but I'll tell you now, I am, I am in this game. I'm wading through it. And it's, it's very good. It's very good. But no, Hollow Knight has been, so so much better for me that's a personal thing i could i could see how someone would pick ori over hollow knight but for me it's just hollow knight rings closer to me um interesting upgrade this is where it really started picking up for me very early on i don't know if i did not upgrade at the, the first time i played through this i feel like i would have had to but the first or second time when i was able to upgrade my movements or whatever I could upgrade. I was like, oh, I love this. That's another thing about Metroidvania-style games that that, it, that will hook me. If uh -huh. there are upgrades that I can acquire over time, like upgrading abilities, I mean, that, come on, that's Metroid right there. That's Metroid through and through. You can find a double jump. You can find a wall grab. You can find all this stuff. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um... So, yeah, you're, I mean, you've got, so Ori has uh, attacks, and you can upgrade those attacks over time, so you could uh, attack faster, your attacks can do more damage, you will throw out multiple, say, bullets, as opposed to just one, there's also, uh, like, maneuverability, you can throughout the world you can also find uh upgrades as well they're like almost just like in metroid man where you you find the double jump you can find the the double jump in here i'm just, i'm i'm such a sucker for that stuff even though i have done it multiple times across multiple titles i love the idea of exploring an area as far as you can and you know there's stuff over there but you can't get to it and then you get into the room and you unlock the it's like hey now you can jump twice oh and now it's like well now i can go all over the place oh yeah it's just 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 a big old just a big old sucker for that yeah and in, um, in any platformer getting a double jump is just a game changer yep and i mean that's just one movement ability that you can get there mm -hmm. there are other ones like an air dash and all kind of stuff so i will i'm gonna talk about a negative uh okay. and this is gonna sound eerily familiar this is something this this is uh <laughs> so i talked about the messenger earlier a little bit where i i started hitting a wall and it was a wall that 
what I will say the wall and messenger was not as difficult as well okay it was as difficult but probably not as punishing as say what its spiritual it's what it was a spiritual successor to which was ninja gaiden style game sure. from the NES era uh ninja gaiden in the NES was punishing you know you died enough you go all the way back to start at least the messenger had checkpoints it just so happened that those checkpoints became very long and it's oh man so I feel almost the same thing started happening here in Ori, where I was not not just skipping through because it was super easy, just going through at a good pace, just going through it. I was I was figuring figuring out where to go, figuring out where these abilities are that I needed were, uh, finding keys, finding new upgrades, yada yada yada. And I started getting into this new area, and it was, it was, I was getting stuck because there was damn near pixel perfect precision jumping required, and avoiding spikes, and doing this and doing that, and it was, it became super fucking difficult for what felt like an entire day. Um, I have gotten past that area now. Uh, and I have gone at least through an, another area or two, but man, that was definitely a difficulty spike, a difficult, hard difficulty spike about eight, nine levels in. So I, I would say that, that maybe there's a little bit of a pacing issue. I just, I'm not a big, I don't mind difficulty ramping up, but I am not a fan of, okay, now fucking do this shit and it's it just throws you off completely um i believe that i'm about to go into if not the final area it's got to be close to the end of the game uh given the story and giving where i'm about to go into i have done that typical thing that i do in uh all these metroidvania games though there's no really set time when i do it um, I'm going back through and I'm going back through basically all the old levels and tr and using all my new abilities to find upgrades, find power ups, find life extensions, all that stuff. Um, this is something else that I love to do in these games. I love when your character has all these upgrades and you're like, now it's time to go sweep everywhere. Find all those little hidden uh, places that I couldn't get to or get to those places I couldn't get to because now I have everything unlocked. Um, I have seen an, a huge increase in my abilities now. Oh, well, not my, in my stats. Uh, mainly my, I want to say my health. I mean my magic. I don't. I forget what the uh, what the actual Ori term is for help for uh, magic. But that and like I have almost tripled my lifespan from finding all these upgrades. This begs the question to me. Okay, well, if maybe if I had just done the go find everything earlier, maybe that would have made that difficult area easier. I think maybe it would have. It would have gave me some more life, at least, where I could have more chances of getting through it. But I feel it was more of a technical difficulty than a I-could-cheese-it difficulty. But in any event, I'm sweeping through almost the entirety of the map. And the map, 
the entire map of Ori is f fairly large. Uh, again, comparing it to Hollow Knight, I feel Hollow Knight may be a little bit bigger. Just have a just a little bit more, but yeah, there's a. I mean, you, I have almost every area unlocked. I have all the maps unlocked, so I can see everything, and just. Pan zooming the camera out and then panning it around, you really get a sense of how much shit is in that game. To the point of, I mean, there was one time last night where I looked around the map and I was like, my God, I didn't realize I've done all this stuff. I've done so much and been in so many areas in this game. I just, I hadn't realized it. So... Yeah, I'm um, power-up sweeping now. I'm going from level to level, area to area, and just, you know, going through all the places I couldn't... Getting to all the places I couldn't get to before and powering up my... my, my uh, powering Ori up, and then I'll go through this next area. If it's the final area, I'll probably be hitting the last boss, and that'll be it, or maybe there's another area too. I don't know, but at, at the end of the day, all that matters is that this... Uh, it's definitely a good Metroidvania-style game. I do now understand what everybody's hype was. I, again, I feel like I have more hype for Hollow Knight. But that aside, this is still a great game. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it to Metroidvania fans. And, yeah, no joke, man. I am going to watch that uh, E3 uh, world premiere again. I want to see hmm. what the next game has to offer with this uh with these new lenses on so to speak <laughs> yeah uh yeah i think that's it for me man that's that's okay. pretty much been it for my week so i got a couple things i forgot to mention okay the first i've actually forgotten because i keep forgetting to write it down uh we had had the discussion when we we're talking about 14 uh, a couple weeks ago about unskippable cutscenes. In dungeons uh -huh. mm -hmm. so that applies to main scenario dungeons only gotcha that's okay. why i hadn't seen it because i hadn't gotten any of those yet at that point i'd yeah. only done yeah. trials and you know some of the leveling stuff which was typically lower level stuff so i wasn't doing the actual main scenario roulette um, yeah yeah it, it clearly says in the description cutscenes cannot be skipped <laughs> right but it's the only one that does that so Makes that sense. mystery is now solved we can mark yeah. that off the list of you know, <laughs> questions we've had unanswered uh -huh. um the other thing i forgot to talk about was I actually uh so i started playing dancer on tuesday and i was using keyboard by mentioned that i wanted to look at the controller so Tuesday, I, I thought I had to stop. I was like, I don't want to switch, you know, mid-session and in the middle of what I'm doing. So uh, Thursday, yesterday, uh, I actually, was that Thursday? Whatever day. Wednesday, maybe. Uh, the days blur together at this point. Um, but the next day, I ended up setting up the controller. Took me a bit to adjust the tiles um, with the way it's laid out for the controller. Uh you know, uh, the controller controls, whatever you want to call it, the little tiles. And it's, I really like the movement. Like I said before, you know, double analog stick movement is always great to have um, mm -hmm. in comparison to trying to walk around with uh, WASD uh, and the mouse for uh, camera work. 
Um, but the actual using abilities and whatnot, it's taking some getting used to. I let, let me start with saying, don't get me wrong. The way 14 does controller support for this type of game is really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good idea, a good way of dividing it out into button combinations that will get you to where you want to go. My issue is that once you reach the higher levels, that's not enough. So then you're switching between sets, you know, for other abilities. Like the way I divide it up for Dancer is my main, my set one, my main set I'm usually on, it has my uh, single target attacks on it. Mm-hmm. While set two has my multi-target attacks on it. Um, and I still have some overflow with the rest of them. <laughs> Even splitting off the four for multi, I still have other abilities uh, that I don't have space for. So it's taking some getting used to when basically switching between sets and even sometimes going from right trigger to left trigger, you know, on the first set, even that alone, I'm like, wait, okay. I have to mentally stop and think, press the left trigger now, press that. Okay. Now switch back to my attacks, which are, you know, right trigger, uh, ABXY, which is one of the most natural, you know, uh, attack layouts if you will for me personally anyway so anytime i have to deviate from that it's a little more awkward um but i'm getting used to it and i've been using it exclusively uh for actual combat and stuff i'll switch over for certain things like i was in the gold saucer earlier doing the little uh rail shooting game in the uh event they have randomly in the round uh, whatever it is, round square, round gold saucer. What is it? And the gold saucer, yeah. The I'm trying to think of the zone. It's round something. Uh, but the with the analog, it's so imprecise that I'm like, all right, I just pick up my mouse and I'm like, all right, click, 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 done. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of dragging the cursor across the screen with the uh, analog, uh, it's kind of that whole, you know. Uh, mouse and keyboard are better for FPS than analog for reasons like that, you know, but for MMO, you just button presses. It totally makes sense. And it's not bad. Um, it's certain, like I said, takes some getting used to, and I'm still getting used to it even, you know, three days later at this point, I think. Hmm. Um, so that'll probably and it'll probably evolve and continue to be a struggle until i've capped out the job have all of my abilities and then spend time getting used to whatever final placement i end up with yeah um which i've already kind of set myself up for because they show you all the abilities in the menu already under your actions and whatnot so i actually added ones i didn't even have unlocked to my bar so that i could establish a layout that i didn't have to change (laughs) later on yeah you know i'm trying to save myself the trouble uh, down the road. Yeah, that's uh, what I did, man. I take I took screenshots of all my layouts on all the screens. That way, whenever I had to, I can just redo them again. It was also important for me to do that because, as I mentioned before, I made six total characters. So, mm-hmm. whenever it came time to match all the stuff up, that you know, it's I don't I don't know if there's a way to do it now, but there wasn't really a way to transfer or copy 
screen layouts from one character to another. So I just took screenshots and then matched everything up after the fact. So, yeah. Yep. So on to the last thing uh, of my week ish uh, before we get to the big uh, announcement for in a time cast. Uh, so I've still been watching through uh, SGDQ SGDQ 2019, mm-hmm. and oh man, Chris, the damn Pokemon Crystal uh, by Kazar. Kazaron, I believe is how his name was spelled. Uh, said, "My God, that has been one of the most entertaining runs I've seen so far." Uh, his his commentary, the audience participation, the announcers' participation and commentary. Uh, this was three and a half hours of Pokemon Crystal, a game that I have never played. Uh, and it was super entertaining. They met seven total uh, goals in this one <laughs> game. Uh, they were making little incentives in the middle of the run. Uh, just, I, it was so entertaining. I was having such a good time watching that one. Uh, there are a few, uh, other ones here and there that were, that were fun. And I mean, you know, like I said, seen most of, uh, GDQ stuff. So it's, it's all, it's all whatever. But this run right here in particular was, it was fucking great. There was, I was laughed. Everybody was laughing and having such a good time. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you recall this run, but. Yeah, this one's maybe you might want to go back and give this one another watch. In yeah, case, I'll go back and watch it. In uh, case yeah, you didn't, think, or in case you skipped over it, it was so fun, so good. Yeah, I think I watched a uh, part of it, but I've seen a lot of Pokemon runs, so mm-hmm. it was one of those. I was like, eh, I'll go do something else, or I had it was less important than something else I was watching. I don't remember, or yeah. it was at a time where I was, you know streaming or playing 14 or who knows but this i'll go back and watch it yeah this one is definitely worth a focus so far so far this has been my my favorite run of of uh sgdq 2019 uh i'm currently on the uh the uh legend of zelda link between worlds so all in total i've got about about 45 more <laughs> shows to watch so uh, I've already okay. seen already seen a couple races here and there. Uh, seen some incentive runs. I saw they ran through uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert three, and they met the incentive to watch all the cutscenes, and they were dying laughing. And yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, my God, the Resident Evil two remake run where uh, he was like, yeah, so everybody picked between Leon and Claire, and everybody picked Claire, so here we go, and you're about to find out why this sucks, and apparently the RNG in Claire scenario is so bad, he kept getting, like, fucking chomped by zombies left and right, and he's like, it's Claire, everyone! It's like, you wanted this! So, um, <laughs> oh, man, watching somebody go through Titanfall again, and just, just having Titanfall 2 on display was awesome uh the two controller one run that i saw was for uh 
Mario. It wasn't Mario Sunshine. That was a quick one. Oh man, I can't believe I've forgotten which one that is. Sonic. Oh, God. so it was Sonic Adventure DX, and I was like, hell yeah, I'll watch fucking two con- two players, one controller. But all they did was the uh, Big the Cats uh, campaign. I was like, that ah, that sucks. <laughs> but it they did it, so whatever. It's it's fine. It's fine. Um, the blo- Oh man blindfolded punch out for the Wii when -hmm. they kept describing they were like you folks you don't understand this game is already super difficult as it is one false dodge one false swing one incorrect punch and it 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 ends the entire run not just the fight the run this man is doing this blindfolded it's like man mm-hmm. wow and he did and it was so funny seeing how he was having more trouble navigating between the menus sometimes than the fights like he couldn't yeah he was blindfolded trying to use the sounds of him putting the icon on the screen and moving left to right it was it was very very funny very funny um like looking over the list now, trying to think if there's any any other ones. I think some PBs were met on a couple games. I don't know if I don't can't recall if any world records have been made, but uh, yeah. All in all, I'm still enjoying it, man. Just I was I was really impressed by that Pokemon Crystal Run, and it's it's the game itself was fun, entertaining. the 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 runner was fun, entertaining. The couch was entertaining. the the commentator The commentary all around the board was entertaining. The audience was engaging. People making donations and getting the all the shit that was getting read was great. Just yeah. It's going to be hard to top that one for me this year, but I know there's a relay race in here. I know it's coming, and I'm, I'll, I'll get to it. So, yeah, good stuff. So, turning the entire dial from 11 down to probably a 1, it's time, <laughs> okay. to, make, time to make a fairly large announcement here uh, regarding the end of time cast. So... Chris and I had a discussion last episode, and I mean, it's it. I say a discussion. It's it's it, it's it was mainly me, and it's mainly gonna be me. Um, for lack of a better way to put it, this episode ninety nine itself is probably going to be the last episode of End of Time Cast for some time, anyway. I'm going to I'm going to put on the table that we are putting the end of time cast on a hi- a hiatus at a minimum a hiatus with no set date or time of when we'll be back recording. Um and the reason why it's 99 because Chris and I had talked about 100 being the last is because we may or may not change up how we do the end of time cast for episode 100. Uh, we tossed an idea around that maybe we will, uh, go to his Twitch channel and we will, uh, basically record both audio and, and video of him and I playing some game and doing 
typical commentary, but also kind of podcasty talk over the gameplay. And we would release that audio, be it two hours or six hours, whatever it would be, and that would be the episode 100. That may be how we do episode 100. It could be three years from now before we ever record again, and it just it's just coming us coming back to this format and just starting kind of fresh. Uh, who knows? Um, for the audience that's wondering why, I will tell you now. It's it's ninety percent me. I mean, Chris only agreed with some of the some of the things and the points that I brought up, but a lot of this is for me in my personal life right now. Um, I've only got one job. I understand. I mean, technically I have two because I still have my weekend duty once a month, but I know I only have one job and I don't have kids and all that, but this is still one afternoon of my life that I'm, I'm dealing, I'm losing out on. Um, that's the, that's the shortfall reason. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm taxed on time. Uh, and even, even if I was to pass most of, if not all the editing work off to Chris, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, it's still the fact of it's like, all right, it's an afternoon. I've got to go record. I've got to edit my entire afternoon shot. And I just don't have the heart to do it right now. Um, that's the honest, honest way of putting it from me. The other answer, and I mean, audience, please don't take this personal. Because you may be just now hearing this and you have no idea this has happened. But one of the reasons why I set out to do this um, years ago, and I say I, me and Adam started this together, but one of the driving forces that made me get, made me hype myself up to doing it was the fact of putting these episodes out there, doing this podcast, putting these episodes out there for the world to hear, and having. It's not the popularity aspect that I'm talking about. Do not misunderstand. It's the feedback aspect. Because it's one thing for me and Chris, or me, Chris, and Adam, or me, Chris, and a guest, whatever, to just talk back and forth about video games. And we can do that. We can continue to do that. No problem. We are not, we're not hurting for content. But it's another thing entirely when there's one, four, twenty-seven, two hundred sixty-seven thousand people trying to talk to us about games. It's another thing entirely when you have an audience of people that is like, "Yeah, let me tell you my opinions on Destiny Two. Let me tell you my experiences with Shadow of the Colossus. Let me tell you why I think Final Fantasy VII is the best Final Fantasy of all time. Let me tell you why I think Twisted Metal Three is way better than Twisted Metal Two. So on and so forth. It's the discussion that I was looking for, and. I'm saying this on this recording in the middle of July of 2019. Uh, we have like almost no fan base. Uh, that's a bad way to put it. Like it's, it's, it's kind of puts us at a detriment, but we, we don't have feedback basically. I think in the entire recording uh, for the, for the long time fans of end of time cast, this is technically episode 100. <laughs> Maybe we'll release episode zero at some time, but uh, in these hundred episodes that we've done, if you don't count 
people that we directly know somehow, be it a family member, a co-worker, a direct friend, or a friend of a friend, we have had one person give us uh, a, an email or a comment that's engaged with us. And we can be like, oh, great, let's talk about this thing you talked about. Couldn't tell you that person's name, sadly, and I couldn't tell you what episode they were on, but they we brought up their email or comment and we got discussed and that's the stuff that I was looking for. That was the drive for me. Um, and it just hasn't been there. Could be for many reasons. Hey man, maybe I'm boring. It could be, (laughs) maybe, um, it, but I really think a lot of it has to do with, uh, we just, uh, Either I and Adam, neither I and Adam, nor I and Chris, nor the three of us together, we don't have money to do the next proper thing for this episode, this podcast, which is fund, which is to fund it. And again, let me stop anybody right now. This is not a cry for help. This is not a this is not a pity pot. I'm just telling you how it is. We have always spent money out of our pocket when it came to trying to push the entire podcast or individual episodes to social media or trying to get the name trying to get us out there and we have put in our eyes in our pocketbooks because we don't make that much money uh, we have spent a considerable amount of dollars trying to push this stuff out there and chris can tell you just like i can we have not seen the results um I wasn't looking for likes and 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 money. I was looking for sharing and you know a conversation and all that. And okay, so if we don't have the funds to properly, you know, just dump more and more and more money into this to 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 push it ourselves, the next thing to be to do to be to try to get you know, an advertising gig, uh, find somebody that would host us and, you know, push their products or whatever. And I would not 100% be against that. I, I would probably fall in the lines of most YouTube people where it's like, I'm only going to push shit that I believe in or that I use or want to sell, but I do not have the time energy or patience right now to go through all that. We'd have to go hunting through all these advertising companies and figure out who and just it's just I just don't I just don't have that in me right now. So um all that being said, just understand this is very one sided. I'm sure Chris will be looking to record next Friday and the next Friday and, and so on and so forth down the road for for some time. It's not on him. It's mainly on me. And it does take two to tango, at least for the end of time cast. At least two. So, as of this episode, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time in our eyes anyway. This is technically the 100th episode. That's 100 episodes. That's well over 300-something hours of recording. Well over that. And, um... As of this episode, we're just going to put the end of time cast on hold for a while. I cannot promise you it'll ever be back, so who knows? Maybe this will be the end of it. I can't say that, you know, maybe we'll be in under a different format, and maybe it'll be under a different name. But as far as me specifically, I'm definitely 
backing away from the end of time cast for a while. And I'll tell you, I kind of feel like this is something that should have been done back in the day whenever Adam uh, was unable to make it for some time. We did kind of just drop off the map. I always felt bad about that. But uh, this time it's me dropping off the map. And I definitely wanted to put the word out there and uh, and uh, make it known properly. I mean, this will kind of be... It'll kind of be summarized in the, in the post itself, too, but many of the people have to have heard of the episode to, to hear all this. Um, realize I've rambled about this for a good bit now, Chris. If you, <laughs> if you have any thoughts or commentary on this or, uh, you know, whatever. Nah, I think you covered it. <laughs> yeah. So, um... I don't know, man. It's 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 hard to say, and I'm not gonna say goodbye. I'm not gonna say that you have reached the end of time because I don't know. I just know that there's. I mean, I can't. I can't even mentally put a time frame on it. I, I'm not gonna tell our audience, hey, in like three months, episode 100 will be here. I can't even say within three years. I don't know. It's gonna take. It's gonna take something for me to want to start doing this again. Uh, I think if we had like a, um, I think if we had like an overpour of people just start emailing at the end of Timecast and be like, "Hey, man, my email box starts dinging away." Like, "Hey, hey, you guys should just like come back, man. We we want well here we are." Um, maybe, but right now for the foreseeable near slash long future, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna put it on hiatus for a while. So, uh. Yeah, nothing else to really say on that, man. I feel like I've said my piece on it. Um, that being said, um, what are your thoughts on this specifically, audience? You know, what do you think about the end of time cast going away for a while? What do you think about going away, period? Do you care? Uh, which is, are you hearing this? You're like, man, I made it 99 episodes and this is it? Oh, hell no. Well, you know, let us know. Um, give your feedback, eh? maybe opinions, maybe options that maybe Chris and I haven't thought of that you'd like to weigh. I mean, I tell you, I, I, we had tossed around the idea of doing some live stuff, but that wasn't even in my, in my mind at all until he brought it up. So, and and something to think about, something to consider, um, all the, you know, hiatus stuff aside, when's the last time you looked at your steam list? And looked at uh, do you there are, so the way that I found the play stuff and I imagine it's how Chris did too. You can just Google like Steam Playtime or stats. Steam Stats is another one, and it asks you to put a link to your profile. It scans your profile, and says, "Hey, here's a bunch of various stats for the games." Um, have you ever done that? If you didn't, you should go check it out. See, you you might like me be surprised at the results you'll find. Um. Have you been playing Final Fantasy fourteen? Are you interested? Just like I said last time, I will I will push this game all the time, man. Fourteen is a great game to pick up on. It's very easy to get into. It's it's very good at easing you into it as well. Um any of this gaming news we talked about? What do you think about the Steam Switch Lite? Is it I mean the, the Steam Switch Lite. There we go. That's the one. <laughs> oh man. Um what about the Steam Switch Lite? That uh, are you interested in getting a Steam Switch Lite? I know I am because that'd be nice to play games like to have all my Steam games on a Switch uh, to play portable. Um, 
Yeah, anything that we talked about in this episode, anything at all that you would like to comment on and email us about or or talk to us about, we'd love to hear from you, obviously. And there will still be many ways to get a hold of us in a time. Uh, you will still be able to email us uh, at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it just like you heard it. You will still be able to go to our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search for End of Time Cast. It'll take you to our, our uh, web, our Facebook page, uh, episodes. All the posts we had will still be in there. It'll still be a way for you to message us. Uh, you'll still be be able to go to Twitter. Uh, the End of Time Cast Twitter page will still be there. Uh, mainly because all this stuff doesn't cost anything, and you know it's not it's not really hurt. I mean, we may not be posting to it, but still a way for you to get a hold of us, and one of us will get notified that something's there. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, the SoundCloud page. Uh. I believe SoundCloud only charges you to upload. I don't think it charges you once the stuff is already there. And in any event, we're already paid up for a year. So uh, you should still be able to find our episodes here on or there on SoundCloud and comment if you want to. There will still be a variety of places of uh, sites that will host us because our RSS feed is on there and you know all our episodes will be linked through the RSS feed. So you should be able to listen to us, download us, share us, comment somewhere somehow. Many ways to get a hold of us. And um, that may be how we decide to come back later if we hear enough of that stuff. Uh, it's not a threat or looking for pressure. It's just saying the honest truth. So yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's episode and for episodes you know, until the foreseeable future. So until next time, whenever that will be, I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs>